The Bayou Dragons podcast would like to thank Floyd Fabrication for sponsoring this podcast. Listen, guys, if you're starting a business, you want to get some prints, you want to get some hats, you want to get some canvases, whatever your need is, Floyd Fabrication's got you covered. Ben Floyd down there in Florida is a real great guy, great friend of the podcast. He has taken care of us in every regard possible. If you guys want quality prints, you want quality shirts, you want quality hats, Floyd Fabrication's got you covered. Check him out on Instagram. Check him out on Facebook. That's Floyd Fabrication. This episode of the Bayou Dragons podcast is brought to you by Snuff Cup Spittoons. It's a really neat product that we've partnered up with Matthew Baker, the owner of Snuff Cup Spittoons, a machine washable plastic design that unscrews at the bottom, holds your can of dip, you do your thing, spill-proof cap, and the new XL Snuff Cups are magnetic. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Bayou Dragons podcast. Per use, myself, Mr. Porter May. Hello. And we're just having a damn good time up here in Lubbock, Texas. Um, to my right, I've got Mr. Brooks Nightstep. And to my left, I've got Mr. Nubby. <laughs> <laughs> if you, please, everybody, uh, I know y'all listen, y'all watch, y'all do whatever, but he did just flick y'all off with his nub. So we'll, we'll get to that yeah. in a bit. I um, so, so Brooks and uh, Mr. Wrangler here, Wrangler is his name. Um, Was it Hart? Hap, Snape? Hair Snape. Hair Snape. Hair Snape. <laughs> so uh, Brooks and, uh, and Wrangler, they guide for a... Uh, a guide service out here in Lubbock. It's called um, Pinwheel Outfitters. Uh, Jam Up Dudes, they linked up with us online. They like what we were doing. And uh, what is it? Brooks said he was going to shoot his shot. Yeah, he's going to shoot my shot, man. Yeah, man. Hollered at us. Shoot or shoot. Told us to come out here and, and chill out with them for a weekend and shoot some birds. And so we've been up here crane hunting. It's been a fucking good time. Hell yeah. No, I thought it was uh, Brooks back then. And we'll get into the whole who you used to hunt for your own deal and who you work for hunting for now, but you're underneath Indian Creek outfitters at the time. It's just like, Hey man, do you want to kill stuff? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love doing that. And it worked out perfect. We just, we haven't posted the last podcast, but we've been in Fredericksburg for a few days and then just went straight from there to Lubbock. So yeah, Porter, Porter always says to people, he's like, don't offer me to do shit because if you don't mean it, you're fucked. Yeah. Because I'm going to take you up on it. I'm going to bug your ass and be like, hey, what what about that hunt you told me to come come get on with you? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, missed uh, opportunities for, I, mean, I guess it's, I'm not that special, but people are always like, man, you should come hunt with me. Okay. <laughs> this weekend. And then they're, oh, uh, no, I, you know, they do something like whatever. Fuck you then. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that. But now, um, so we drove up, um. Like you said, we we made the whitetail hunt um, uh, Friday through Sunday. We drove up Sunday, made about a five hour drive over to Lubbock, and man, we um we weren't really knowing what to expect. We just, what well, are we gonna be at a lodge? We gonna be at a house? You know, like we're gonna be in a barn or a port of shitter in the middle of a field somewhere. <laughs> pulled up, pulled up to the house, and nobody's home. We're like, Porter was like, man, I got shit. <laughs> yes. So we like walk. I was like, hey, well, the door's open, and then out, out walks the kid. The kid. The kid walks out and, hey, how you doing, you know? And Porter's like, all right, buddy, like, I got I to poop. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you don't mind. I don't know any of y'all. And Brooks and Wrangler weren't even here yet. And I was just like, and the kid, uh, they call him the kid because he's actually 16 years old. So 
He's he's on the younger end. He's like, well, son, I got to poop. I'm going to go destroy this bathroom. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the kid allows us in, and then the boys show up, and um, the rest is history, man. It's been a good time. Um, I'm curious, what were you guys – what was y'all's first impression of us? Like, I know you were saying, like, <laughs> we felt the same way. Like, we're like, we don't – you know, you got to feel it out, right? You meet new people, you're like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know how he's going to be. And so it's like, we felt the same way coming in. We were like, got to feel him out. Yeah. What uh, you, that's – when I first messaged Porter on Instagram, I was like, damn, these, like, these guys have a shit ton of followers, all this and that. Like, it'll never even happen. DMs me right back. I'm yeah. Like, oh, shit, this is going to happen. He's on it. So we planned out a date and all that good jazz. And as it got closer and closer and closer, I was thinking, I was like, damn, I wonder what these guys are like. And I was like, oh, I hope they're not a bunch of tight asses, freaking snobby yeah, social media nah, people. Man. And then y'all got here and it was like, well, that was the three. That was a total of one eighty. Yeah, <laughs> like these guys are fucking dumb. Like, like these guys, these guys fit in perfect. Yeah. Well, we walked in with like five cases of beer and you know whatever else, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess we're gonna start drinking. That'll work. That'll like, work. Yeah. Hey. All right. That'll work. Yes. Yeah, so he was like, man, when, y'all brought Lone Star, and I was like, yeah. You got a problem? He goes, no, that's my favorite. And I was like, Lone Star, and he's like, no, free. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. Everything gelled, man. If uh, it's, it's cold, it's, it's just a bonus. Yeah, it's it's cool to um to meet like-minded people, man. And I want to, before we start diving into it, man, tell you guys how much we appreciate y'all uh, taking us in, taking us out, and uh, bringing us out to a new opportunity. You know, we haven't had the opportunity to hunt cranes. We've never hunted out this way. Uh, and we're always looking to expand on our hunting, our hunting experiences. And so this has just been great, man. <laughs> it's been awesome having y'all. Y'all have oh. been... Freaking sweet. Well, yeah, it was <laughs> it was funny that, like, this morning, I guess usually, you know, I'm just going to call this a buddy hunt, you know, because I want y'all shoot. We're just shooting. Everybody's shooting. But y'all have clients, you know, they're not setting out decoys and shit. We got out in the field early as fuck, and it was, like, 20 minutes later, we're like, well, we got an hour and a half wait now in the dark. <laughs> just like, shit, we're not used to that. So. Yeah, I thought that was cool, man. Um, Tomorrow, I'll just watch y'all set everything up. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I've uh, we're I've used to it. Been on quite a few hunts with uh, with some friends that run guide services back home, and you know, it's not that the customers are tight asses like that. It's yeah. just that they don't have to. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they're at a point in their lives where they just they just throw money at you and be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna sit in the truck and drink coffee." Like y'all hammer down, y'all make your money, and then they'll, they'll leave you a good tip. It, you know, they make it right. And, but like we are actively fucking busting our ass to hunt 24-7. So yeah, I'm trying we got to do, man. Like, I'm trying to get invited back. Yeah, you say jump, we say how high, boy. <laughs> you feeling froggy, come on with it. Yeah, where do you want me to jump off of? <laughs> but anyway, so we'll start off with Wrangler because his name is one of the most country I've ever heard. Punchy as Give fuck. a little background story, like your age, where you came from, and kind of like when you started hunting, what you hunted, like, what got you into hunting, whatever? Well, uh, I guess when I first started hunting, we were still living in Kansas, me and my family, and my uh, my dad's side of the family, they were always big pheasant and quail hunters, and I started doing all that stuff, and I uh, was in high school, started chasing pheasants, chasing quail, got me a few bird dogs, trained them, and then I uh, got into guiding, I was in a, I was a freshman in college and 
I had a guy call me, and he was like, hey, man, he was like, would you be interested in running any of my pheasant hunts? And I was like, hell, he was like, I don't care. I'll do it. And so I got hired on with him and started doing a few quail hunts, and he was like, man, I need a need a guide for crane. He was like, I don't got anybody. And I was like, shit, I've never shot a crane before, but I'll, I'll start learning and see what it's all about and started doing that. And, man, ever since then – it's just full throttle all since then. Yeah. And it's, have you always been with – is it Pinwheel that you've been with? Or? So, I've got it uh, for a couple different outfitters um, here and there and picked up some hunts, you know, not like a full-time guide for some. They are just like, hey, man, I got these guys. Do you mind taking them and stuff like that and didn't mind it. And then last year I, uh, I met Johnny. Well, I met Johnny in high school. Well – me and Johnny started talking out of the blue, and he was like, hey, man, he was like, I'm going to come up. He was like, I'm going to run a few hunts. He was like, would you be interested in helping me since you're living up here? And I was like, yeah, man. I like, I don't care. I didn't have really a busy schedule at the time. And so I started running hunts for Pinwheel, which is who we are right now, and started doing that. And we did really well last year for just kind of a last-minute thing. And he was like, man, do you want to run it again next year? And I was like, yeah, I'm all about it. And he was like, all right, let's do it. And so we uh, hit the ground, and, man, we triple booked, double booked. Yeah. I mean, we started posting, trying to get guys in, and everybody was just like, man, I'm about it. So started doing that, and we're here now. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like um, – I've always been curious about that, like – like new guide services coming up. So like Pinwheel is a young guide service. They haven't sure. you guys haven't been around as Pinwheel for a really long time. This and, is technically uh, like our first full year running. So, yeah, I mean that's impressive though to be double and triple booked because it's like I feel like just as the average hunter, you know, who's I I'm, I'm on social media and I'm I'm looking and talking to people and there's guide services popping up left and right. And but I feel like, you know, some of the bullshit kind of dies out quick like some of the guys who bite off more than they can chew you know they don't last right for sure um but it's it's interesting to see how like you know it's it's got to be competitive it's got to be really competitive hunting the way that we hunt and you know having to do what you got to do to go and, and kill these birds and satisfy customers to be able to to maintain that and stay around for a while and stay relevant for sure. you know what i mean oh 100 percent you know, it's it's a grind every day. You'll you'll call a landowner and say, "Hey, man, like, notice you had some geese on there. Notice you had some crane on there." And they're like, "No, like, it's either one, it's already leased out by another outfitter, or two, some other someone else burned it for the rest of us." Yeah. And we run into that every day. I mean, we're on the road twenty four seven. We're hunting five to six days a week. One day of scouting. You know, making sure our fields are locked down, getting ready for our groups to come in, and it's it's a grind for sure. Yeah, I will say this too: is like it's because that we're in the same situation. Just as like I, we're mainly public hunters, but when we go into areas where it's you know new foreign land to us, and there's like everything around it's private, and you're finding birds, you gotta you gotta try to call a landowner and, and get sure. permission, and that's what you want to hunt. You gotta do what you gotta do. Um, but I always had like a bad taste in my mouth for guide services because I felt like those were the people that were burning it for everybody else. But the way that I saw, like while we were in the blind, 
while we've been actively just hanging out with you guys, the way that you guys handle y'all's business with landowners is, is really super respectful. Um, and the way that, you know, we come out of the field, you would have never known we were there. And I mean, that's, that's obviously something that you guys keep in mind every time you go in so that, you know, the next time you go, you call that landowner and you're like, Hey, I want to go back out there and hunt. He's like, yeah, that's great. Because there's nothing that you did to even like make a dent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You didn't do anything to, to even like any, nothing to upset him. You didn't tear up the roads. You didn't leave no trash You didn't leave mm-hmm. no bullshit. You're always respectful with them. Like that plays, I feel like that plays a huge part. Oh, a hundred percent. That's like, even like on moist days or rainy days, we got a Can-Am and, we're always parking on the county road or parking on pavement just so we're not given a chance for the landowner to say, hey, no, like, y'all put a few ruts in my turn row or you put something on my field. Like, I don't want y'all to come back. So Dude. we do all that just to respect the land and respect yeah. the farmer because that's, his, that's how he makes his living is farming that ground. Yeah. So he's willing enough to give us permission to go shoot crane or shoot geese or whatever. So we're going to do our best to make sure it looks like we never even showed up there. And that's what keeps the farmers coming. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing a farmer hates more than you tearing up their roads or just driving in their field without asking first. Oh, 100%. That is like, that was the first, I mean, if there was a God school, that's the first thing they'd teach you. Yeah. Don't tear up the roads and don't drive in the field. And that's, pick up your holes. Yep. That's just like opening day. It was too wet. We had to walk everything in. Yeah. We couldn't even can am in. Mm-hmm. Did y'all pull sleds or no? Nope. Nope. Oof. Right over the shoulder. It's like 400 yards to where we set the up at the center right. pivot. Good old hike. And that, it, was, it wasn't like it was too muddy. It was just real sticky. It was, yeah. it so it huge, sticky. You took yeah. one step and all that mud stuck to your boot. Yeah. Take yeah, another your, step. Your and then you're sitting there trying to flick it off. And it was kind of muddy today. being real light to weighing 30 pounds a piece. Exactly. And, yeah. like, you know, you'll talk to some farmers and they're like, yeah, I don't mind. Like, it's a turn row or it's like I'm just – did a cover yeah. crop for the year. I don't I don't care for that. Like y'all can do what y'all need to do. But us here at Pinwell, we're like, no, it's just how the way we roll. We're like, we're gonna treat every single farmer the same. You know, because these farmers go to the co-ops, drink coffee and oh yeah. Bullshit talk to the all. other farmers. Yeah, they yeah. they these bullshit. Are the guys so that give you your business. Yeah. Like, they're gonna go talk to every other farmer. And if he says, Oh man, these guys are great, they're awesome, you know, took care of my birds for me, did a great job in the fields, and he's gonna tell the other farmers that. But if you have if you're bad to him, yeah, he's gonna tell other farmers that. Yeah, man, those guys are shitheads. Yeah, <laughs> now you're like, damn, fuck they come out and tore guys. up all my yeah. shit, and then later that next farmer gets a phone call and he's like, "Who are you with again?" Oh, pinwheel. Ah, yeah, no. No. Then they'll come up with something. They'll be like, "Oh well, you know, turning we, cows out on weed." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's that's been the that's been the big one here lately. That's well, we had it happen to us. We're turning yeah. it out on corn. Turning our cows out on the cornfield. <sighs> It's getting wintertime. They, a lot of these guys around here, since we're in the panhandle, a lot of these guys are running wheat pasture cattle, and that's how they make their living. So, so you know, you'll run into some farmers who are like, man, they're just cows. Like, as long yeah, as you don't shoot them, like, y'all are good. You know, but some of them are like, no. Nah. Last time someone hunted it and I had cows in that field, I was chasing cows for three days, you know. So, are they, we, Do you think they're more concerned about you shooting their cows or busting up their fences? I think they're more concerned about – their cows and their fences. Yeah. <laughs> they're okay. concerned. A little bit of I was, both. It, it kind of made me think, um, so like we said, we'll have a, another episode you'll probably see before this one, but on our way up here, we stopped. We did some deer hunting, and um, 
the areas that we were hunting, there was, there was cattle everywhere and we're shooting rifles. Right. And I'm thinking, man, if we're going to go hunt and we're going to be shooting deer with, with, you know, high powered rifles, as opposed to shooting birds with shotguns, like, Mm -hmm. like what's the greater evil there? You know, I'd rather somebody go out and bird hunt than run the risk of somebody, you know, a stray bullet hitting my cow of a fucking 30, 30. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I just kind of got got the old gears turning. You know what I mean. And the but. fence thing wouldn't be really a big deal, just but like down back home where I'm from, everything's barbed wire. Yeah, but everything up here is hot wire. So you've only got one strand of hot wire running around that whole pasture. You fire them cows up. You fire right them up. It. They're going to go straight through that right hot wire. through it. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. And a lot of times too, it's the farmer, and it's not necessarily worried about the cows. You got one strand of barbed wire. It's so easy at dark at 4 o'clock in the Run morning when we're pulling through the field. You can just drive straight through that fence. So, yeah. Just kind of respecting the land, respect the farmers. Uh, a lot of our farmers are really, they're really good, and they they don't mind us driving in and stuff like that. But, hell, if it's, like I said, if it's still moist or there's any chance of us tearing something up, we're either walking in or bugging in, and it's the way we like to keep it. Yeah. That's now, good. do you think that, like, as a guide service, do you think there's, like, a bad stigma around, like, guide services in general? Um, I think there's a bad stigma around, like you were saying earlier, like, you see them popping up everywhere. Yeah. There's a yeah. bad stigma on those guys are giving the guys that are doing it right who aren't just chasing a $100 bill. Giving them a bad rap. That's what's kind of screwing people out of, you know, when you go ask these farmers, oh, I had a guy last year, did me wrong. Now, now he doesn't allow hunting. All these little pop-up ones that are just chasing that $100 bill that aren't doing it because they love the, the game, they're just going out there, getting a check, getting out of there, not really caring about anybody else. Yeah, just and that's what's it burning needed. it up up here, especially with how many like outfitters are in the panhandle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's funny because like, like growing up, you know, basing everything off of, you know, starting out as a public hunter and – and being that way for a lot of years and, you know, still consistently we hunt public land and it's like, oh, you know, they killed a lot of birds, but they're guiding their own private, you know, private land and all this shit. And it's like, so it's just kind of like guys that hunt the way that we do um, without knowing kind of feel a certain way about guide services. It's like and, the high fence, low fence argument. Yeah, same shit. And, but I will say this, like I've, I've, I've hunted with a lot of guide services and, I've never been with a guide service. I was like, man, these guys were just bad. Like they, like the dirty bird guys I hunted with. And then like the broken L, the Southern wing, like everybody that I hunt with that is a guide service is extremely respectful. Uh, but it's, it's, I've never hunted with any pop-ups like that. It's, it's more or less been, you know, if I hunt with a guide service, they've been around, they are established and they yeah. respect everything. And so it's like, there's no dog in that fight to say that guide services in general are bad. It's just the guys that, that fuck it up for everybody else. Yep. They I just think you just have rap. just shitheads. Yeah. There's, There's shitheads everywhere. That could be a little bit of part of it. And there can be good guide services that I know some that have shithead people that work for them. I'm like, oh, cool. Shithead. <laughs> so, like, you just have those kind of people everywhere. Yeah. I mean, but people might think I'm a shithead. So, I think you're a shithead. That's good. Eat my ass. <laughs> What's it take to get a beer over here? <laughs> the kid. That's what it takes. Kid, get old. Kid, here. Billy. Kid. Billy the kid. Here. Cold beer. Tanner. Cold beer. (laughs) Tanner. Tanner will work. Tanner, back. Over.
So it's me and Porter and Tanner came up here. Mitchell was uh was unavailable. He's um <laughs> <laughs> about to be a father, man, real soon. So um he's doing he's, adult he's, stuff. He's back home with the wife, spending time uh Yeah, just three. Back home with the wife. She's about to pop and um Thank we you, miss him. We miss him. We're, uh, we wish he was here. Thanks, I buddy. damn sure could Appreciate use the extra hand on the counter. Shout out! I'm to not going to hold that goose deal against you anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> had a group. Uh, I'm sorry, I lied. Tanner. Had a group working in earlier, and uh, Tanner jumped the gun on him a little bit, so that's what he's doing. In his defense, the, the weekend he went and tried to shortstop him, and they did not do what they'd been doing all morning. So yeah, so all morning <laughs> the birds, the the geese that were flying over, were out crane hunting, and the geese were flying low. Uh, it was a pretty foggy morning early. Uh, a lot of like humidity. And it was like heavy. It was mist. almost a rain. It was like it was almost like kind of drizzled. It was a pretty good bit. mist there. Yeah, it was morning. almost like somebody was just constantly standing there spitting on you. Just had the misters rolling. Yeah, and so <laughs> gleeking. The geese were were coming in, and then they'd hit the spread, and they kind of skirt us off to the left a little bit. And well, we had another group way out on the horizon. Tanner jumped out, and sure enough, they came right up the shitter. And right down the cock. Right down the cock. And then Tanner's out to the left, and they're kind of, like, skewed towards him. So he jumps up and starts shooting. And, man, we missed out on a few birds. It sure would have been nice. Would have been real nice, Tanner. That builds character. Had he waited. But, yeah, <laughs> builds character, man. Could have happened um, to anybody. It could, it could have <laughs> happened to anybody. Um, all right, so we got that little – got a little background from you, Wrangler. Um, Brooksy, Shiesty. Brucey. Uh, Brucey. Brucey, as the locals call me. Brucey's time to shine, baby. Yeah, give us a little rundown, just kind of the same deal, you know. You're going to have to what give it? me the, uh, what I need to hit first. Well, this. basically just, <laughs> <laughs> okay. How you, uh, basically how you started, where you're from, like what made you want to start guiding, what did you do before this and shit like that, you know. Just to Man, what, get a background. What made me want to start guiding was probably hunting ducks in East Texas. Hunting ducks just outside of Sulphur Springs, Texas. I got hooked on it with a buddy of mine that I played some summer ball with. And we were like, hey, man, we could probably do this on the weekends. Makes a little run around money. Mm-hmm. So we start taking local guys from, like, just around his little area out there towards Sulphur Springs and all that. And we make a little side cash here and there. And then I was like, man, I'd like to do that kind of on a bigger scale. So we started hunting, you know, our places in East Texas. We had a little place. We had a little honey hole in Oklahoma. All that stuff. I got leased out back home in North Texas. And we were like, dang, this is this would be pretty cool. Well, after I got done playing juco ball, I went straight to work, training cutting horses, did construction. And now I was sitting there, I was like, God, I got to do something freaking different. Either that or just something to put a little more money in my pocket, you yeah. know. And if I'm going to do something, I want to at least make something I like. Yeah. But so I started coming up here about, shoot, had probably two, three years ago. And started kind of getting on the crane, just going little solo hunts here and there, just picking off three, four birds. And then uh, got back after the end of that season, I was like, man, I could, I'm up there enough. I can, you know, I can take the time off to do it. Like, why not start an outfit? And talked a lot with, I, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of really good guys in my corner to kind of help me and kind of guide me the way. And big, big shout out to Jeff Stanfield for kind of giving me the guidance and direction of how I need to do it, go about it as a young guy trying to start his own thing. But got everything lined up for the year, for this year. And then I was just kind of sitting there thinking like, man, this is going to be, you know, tough doing it by myself. And so that's kind of how I linked up with Johnny and Nubby and Kid and all them. 
we, I had some dates Johnny needed filled. He had dates I needed filled. And he was like, well, heck, if you're just going to run your own deal, why don't you just come work for me? And I was like, well, yeah. And we kind of made our little game plan and all that, and it just kind of clicked Worked out. Yeah. So you didn't know each other before? No, this, I, this is me and Nubby have known each other for like a total of probably six months. I thought Three, y'all were. Months. I thought y'all were lifelong <laughs> I, friends, man. Yeah, I thought y'all were uh, partners. I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, that's only on the weekends. Oh, okay. was it? <laughs> it's Tuesday. Probably the end of September, and I was yeah. actually so I uh, I operate equipment. I guess in the off season or. The summer months or whatever the, you the, want to now nah, the, the regular whatever work you, season the regular work season whatever you want to consider it and uh, so uh, Johnny was telling me he was like yeah man he was like I got this guy that I know he's one of my buddies he owns a little outfit and he said he was like man I'm trying to find a big enough house that way he's gonna rent a room from us and he's gonna be there when he's running his hunts if not he's the room's open or whatever he was like it'll help with our cost on that and it'll help his cost so he didn't have to rent a whole house by himself and uh i think we talked about it for a couple weeks and then next thing i know johnny called me he's like hey man he's like i hired you a guy and i was like hell yeah who is it or whatever and he told me brooks and i was actually working i was digging a pond there in pilot point where he's from so i texted him i was like hey man let's go to dinner so I took Ernesto's. him to dinner. Went to Ernesto's there in Pilot Point. Pilot Point, Texas, best margaritas in North Texas. Maybe ah, drank a little man. too much. I think. Damn, we, that's I a think bold we, statement. Mitchell's, Mitchell's going to be jealous. He's going to be searching for that, buddy. Them I think suckers we, are tight. What did we set? <laughs> probably three or four hours. Yeah, we sat there at Ernesto's BS and just and bullshitted. Got to know each other, and hell, I guess from now on, I guess I can call Brooks one of my good buddies because yeah. we've been running every day since we came up here. And I literally thought y'all knew each other. Before, like, somehow, like, met because I knew y'all didn't go to school together, like, grade school. You just yeah. thought we'd like linked up, like, you know, in college a couple or years ago. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't it know was him from Adam. Probably end of September, <laughs> yeah, just about early October, right there at the end of dove season. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, I've probably talked to you more than you've even been living with this guy because you messaged me before the season. Yeah, a little bit. I think I don't know. Me and Nubby talk pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, it was <laughs> no, like I meant like I'm saying I probably was in contact with you oh, before yeah, you yeah. were in contact oh, with no, him. For sure, for oh, 100 percent for sure. But it was like we went to dinner that night, hit it off, and ever since then we just started hanging out and texting back and forth. And we moved up here, and it's just been me, Brooks, and the kid just running. Hell yeah, kid, man, it thousand kinda, miles an hour. It kind of worked out because I mean. Nubby's, you know, loves some cranes. Nubby's the crane freaking ninja. Yeah, well, I could see him today, crane bro. Guru. He that was is like the crane ninja right there. But uh, no, it kind of worked out because you know I'm more of a goose guy. I like I like chasing the lessers. Mm-hmm. Nubby likes chasing the crane. Nubby every day teaches me something new about these birds, and we hunt them every single day, dang near. And so it's like, dang, I'm still in school, but I'm not in school. <laughs> yeah. But we've also got similar interests. He likes training dogs I like training dogs it's just the whole atmosphere around kind of waterfowl upland just you know, hunting dogs in general, hunting in general and it's just it's like boom it's well, perfect it's, hell yeah. yeah it's great to meet like you'll, you'll find the most like-minded people in in like you could have similar interests with anybody but within the hunting community and like like you guys just coming together on this like i've met people within the hunting community that are just like you just you meet them and you're like click and it's like well it's even like when we're driving around scouting hell we'll be bullshitting talking you know 
watching fields and stuff, and we'll be just be talking about random stuff, and we'll be like, really, you do that? Oh, you so did I. <laughs> yeah. And it'll just kind of make, and it's like, Y'all still oh, learning each other? You're filling oh, each other oh, out? Definitely. Filling each other we, this up? This is a brand new relationship. We're still in the honeymoon stage. Yeah. So. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yes. Maybe. Do we <laughs> just become best friends? Can I get top bunk? <laughs> What's y'all's favorite dinosaur? Say it on three. On One, three? Yeah, on two, three. Three. Velociraptor. Ah, oh, damn. Oh, damn. Nelby fumbled the ball in that one. Yeah, yeah. Balls, but I mean, he only has Velocity nine fingers. Well, that's true. John no, Stamos. he's got nine and a half. <laughs> nine and a half, get it right. What's your um, favorite non-pornographic magazine? One, two, three. Get housekeeping. Good housekeeping. <laughs> John Stamos. Sports Illustrated. Oh. Oh, damn. Dude, they used to, the swimsuits used to be good back in the day, dude. Not going to lie. The Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. I remember when I was Ain't in, been around long enough. Hell, I guess when it was in, everybody was like in elementary is when you do those like cookie dough sales and oh, like yeah. the book oh, yeah. fair or whatever, and you've sold so many, you got so many gifts and shit. Well, I never took that shit serious. So last second, I'm like, hey, mom, I have to sell this or whatever. So she writes a check, and that would give you like three or four different magazines. It's like a Sports Illustrated home whatever yeah. for your gift and i'm just and like a this is shitty some magazine that's a school's put out there that you didn't <laughs> oh, want but i'm gonna tell you, to you i'm gonna tell you right now scholastic book fair got some of my fucking lunch money all of my oh, lunch money boy dude i bought the fucking I had lamborghini posters dude <laughs> was going on, i was not eating lunch <laughs> i had a lime green lamborghini poster in my i did bedroom, too. i dude. think we all did yeah. Like or, or you had oh, like Le- guilty or you had like LeBron James and his Cavaliers. Like, oh, you know I, mean? I don't even watch basketball, but he's like, oh, LeBron James, you know, <laughs> that twenty three Cavalier jersey just got you. Yeah. Then I went. I grew up and I uh, started cutting out the calendars of the Hooters girls and just posting that on my wall back in the day. I was a delinquent. Listen, guys, I don't know about y'all, but at the end of the day. I like to crack open an ice-cold Lone Star Light. We would like to thank our sponsors, Lone Star Light Twisted Tea, for sponsoring the podcast. Listen, we like to have a good time. If you know us, if you're a follower of the show, we love to have a good time. We like to have that camaraderie on the back porch, whether we're grilling, whether we're chilling out, ice-cold beer in hand. Lone Star Light is the go-to. Texas-based, Texas-proud. If you guys are drinking a beer, it better be a Lone Star. And if you're not drinking a Lone Star, you better not let us hear it on the Bayou Dragons. Red Bull Energy Drinks. You see the commercials? They say they give you wings. For us, they help us when we're in the marsh, when the deer blind. We're trying to complete orders of the shop. Start my morning out with a Red Bull. Finish my evenings out with a Red Bull. They have a lot of B12. Yep, I'm growing wings. I'm about to hurt it. Oh, well, don't do that. Don't. Pain. Um, anyway. Off the topic of Scholastic Book Fair, even though we might touch back onto it, uh, probably not. But uh, hey, Tanner, Tanner, did I leave a beer sitting in there? There's one right here. No, the uh, it's in that uh, Bad Cat <laughs> those koozie. Are, those are show beers. Shout out Bad Cat. Shout uh, out Bad Cat. Shout out Henry. Shout no, out yeah. Shout out Henry. Oh, it's over there. Shout out Ryan Warhola, Captain. Um, Cap. So, where did you uh, grow up, Wrangler? Well, Appreciate I kind of lived a little bit everywhere. Uh, I mean, you grew up, you were born in Kansas, but you moved down. No, to- I was actually born in Lubbock, here in Lubbock. And then when I was like three days old or four days old or whatever, or I guess three or four days after I came home from the hospital, my uh, my dad was managing, he was in the cattle business at the time, and we moved to Syracuse, Kansas. 
He was managing the feed yard there, and I don't remember any of that. But I'll, you don't remember when you were four? No. Well, no. I, <laughs> four by days. The time, but by the time I was four, we uh we actually moved uh, hell Oberlin, Kansas, is where we lived for a while, and uh, lived there until. I guess I was about to start school. Like I, that's the first place I remember us living when we were kids, and uh, we moved to Weatherford, Texas. Started there first grade and lived in Weatherford all the way up until fifth grade, I guess. And then from there we moved to Plainview, just north of Lubbock here, and I lived in Plainview pretty much since sixth grade all the way up until last February. I moved to the DFW area, and oh, yeah. so pretty much Plainview is kind of. That's when you when you're in middle schools when you start meeting your friends and yeah start yeah you hit you puberty know. and all that yeah. oh yeah your balls drop and <laughs> oh, so I wait, would your balls I, dropped? all the man stuff's not happening Porter's balls have not dropped but yet no. I would I would technically say I'm from Plainview okay just because I mean that's where really did all the stuff that I've started doing and when I was in Weatherford you know I just I played football and then went to school, you know, didn't really have much friends. Yeah, but, you, yeah. you said you tried for JUCO, or you played in JUCO, or you played D2? or No, I, uh, D1? So I went to I went to West Texas A&M, it's Division Two. I went on a football scholarship, and, and I've been, I was playing football my whole life, and I got up there, and I was just like on the second day, and I was like, you know, like, this is not really what I want to do. Like, my heart's not in anymore, and so I – called the head coach and had a meeting with him. And he was like, no, like, I completely understand your decision. He's like, I respect that. Like, you're coming to me and talking about it all. And I was like, man, no matter what, I'm going to try 100%. But since my heart's not invested anymore, I was like, it's not going to look like I'm going 100%. And he was like, no, I completely understand. And so I uh, quit football there at West Texas A&M and then ended up going for the semester, finished the semester, and after that, I was just like, no, I'm I'm going to hit the workforce. And yep. ever since yep. then, I just kept I feel working. You. I feel you on that one, man. I ran track D1, and uh, I did not go to my coach directly. He found out through the dean that I got caught drinking on campus, and he was like, Matt, what are you doing, dude? And I was like, uh, I was like yeah, maybe this track thing's not going to work out for me. Right, man. right. And that, that was my whole deal. I was like, you know, like, because the first day was technically like you check into the dorms, kind of go over a few meetings meet some people that's really it but the second day was actually like the first full day of practices meetings everything and everything kind of switched on me like last minute with their decisions and kind of put me in just kind of an uncomfortable position and I uh it's like you know I just kept thinking about it and just took my heart and my gut decision I just went up to him and made a meeting with him and talked to him and I was like man I want to do this now before it gets too late right like I should have done it earlier, but there was just something in the back of my mind. I was like, I want to play college football. Yeah. Like, not it's, a, it's like a cool, like, exactly. a lot of times, like, decisions are influenced by, like, I don't really want to play college football, but, like, it'd be so cool to say that I play yeah. college football. And, that, and, like and that's kind of that. how I was because when I finished my senior night, I uh, all my family was up here, and I was like, you know, I'm not playing college football. Like, I'm done. I'm done with sports. Like, I just want to live, work, eat, you know, do whatever. And yeah. uh, shoot cranes in the face. Shoot yeah. cranes in the face. Fuck yeah. But it uh, doesn't. So, like, like that, I made my decision Weird senior people. night that I was not playing college sports. And then that was, I guess, senior night usually was about the last weekend in November. Or 
would it be November or first week of November, whatever, before the playoffs start yeah, in Texas. Yeah. Well, uh, playoffs started, and we didn't make the playoffs. And uh, it was like out of nowhere, just colleges started sending me letters, messaging me like, hey, we want you to come on an official visit. Like, we want you to do this. We want you to do that. And I was like, man, something in my heart's like, kind of want to play still. Well, you're like, senior in high school. You're still dumb. And yeah, when it, oh, and when yeah. it, when like, it comes down to it, oh, I was. like, you're going to chase it because, like, your season's ending, and that's like, everybody always says, like, this is the last time that so-and-so will ever play right. football again. But, like, you can continue that. So, you're like. For sure. I'm and not going to stop. Like, those are, the, those are the best memories ever, you know? Yeah, and, like, the thing was is I was like, you know, not very many people get this opportunity from yeah. Plainview or where we were at. You know, there's a there's athletes that go through. There's one or two that go through there every year, and I was like, you know, like not very many people get this opportunity to play Division two football, and my whole goal in life was to go play D one, but just something about it, I wasn't fast enough or I wasn't good enough or whatever. You know, college coaches were looking at. I was like, you know, I'll, I'm gonna do it, and so I committed WT, and because it was close to home, and went up there, and I was just like, you know. This is not what my heart is. I was like, I'm done with it. So, made a meeting, and it was history from there. Well, look where you ended up, man. You're sitting here with us. Sitting here, Bayou Dragons podcast. podcast. You should check out the Bayou Dragons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll tell check that. out the Instagram. Uh, I wish. I wish um, we I, could. I got it on GoPro. Poor <laughs> <laughs> got everything on GoPro, man. I wish we could share with you guys the fun we had today, but. That's all uh, personal experiences, and it's under wraps, and uh, yeah, sorry we, about you. Yeah. So, Brooke, like, did you move around as much as Oh, yeah. Ryan? Oh, yeah. I went to three different high schools. Oh, so you're a nomad. So that's yeah, a, I'm a coach's kid. Yeah, within four oh, years. So I'm, I'm same as Ryan. Yeah, yeah I, well, that's what I, I am, too, so that's what I moved from my original school and went to Anahuac. Yeah, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a coach's kid. Peewee coach or well, my dad, dad's a lawyer. Little league yeah, he coaches he coaches <laughs> criminals on how to get free. Oh, so you're a life coach. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Anyway, so you went now, to three. So, yeah, I went to three different. My dad started coaching before I was born. It started out in East Texas, out in North City, and then uh, had me and my sister moved to Sanger, where he's from, and that's kind of that's where I grew up at. Born in Longview, but moved to Sanger and. Lived out there for a little while. Dad got – he was in construction at the time. Got out of it. Went back to coaching. Went to uh, went to Munster, Texas, my seventh and eighth grade year, a little 2A school just north of uh, – just north of Denton. And then uh, after Munster, my seventh and eighth grade year, my freshman year, went to Bonham. Played baseball and football over there. Good Lord. Dad got another coaching job at Southwest Christian in Fort Worth, private school, and they offered to put my – dummy old head on scholarships so I was like yeah cool I'll go I'll follow you played baseball and football over there and then that was kind of my sophomore year was kind of the year that I was like I really want to play college baseball like I really that's what I really want to do so me dad mom picked up moved to McKinney I was closer for my summer team frozen ropes I was closer to more exposure and all that so basically the move was like for me my dad got it's like beneficial for your baseball exactly yeah and my dad got out of coaching after my sophomore year. He went back to doing construction. Now he owns his own company and construction roofing company. Yeah. Out of Gunner, Texas, K4 Roofing and Construction. Shout uh, out, K4. Shout out, K4. There we go. <laughs> uh, but, no, I just – man, that's really, really what I wanted to do my sophomore year. I was like, I'm going to go play college baseball, whether it's, you know, D3, D2, D1, or JUCO. And 
to everybody out there, and that's one thing I am very, very passionate about. You see all these kids online, oh, got to go D1, got to go D1, got to go D1. No. Baseball's the hardest sport to go. In any sport that you play, if you have a junior college offer you, you will get – and the best thing I've ever heard was from dad's good buddy, Tim Tadlock, who's now the head coach of Texas Tech, is go where you're going to play. I went – visited Cameron University in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, went down to – what's the uh, – starts with a dang W down there in Houston area, junior college. Oh. Oh, crap. That's going to be on my mind now. But anyways, went down there, went to uh, – okay. God, I know, it's going to eat me up now. Yeah, we'll get – we'll figure it out. But anyways, okay. went and visited all these other colleges, and then finally I had a coach. I was playing a summer ball game at Airhawk Stadium in Grand Prairie had a Division three junior college coach see one at bat. He saw one at bat after the game, came up, made me an offer, went on the visit the next day. About two days later, I committed to Richland Junior College in Dallas. And Richland was not my original priority to go to by any means, but Coach Simmons was good to me. I had a spot. I knew I was going to play, and I knew I was going to get reps. Right. So went did college ball for the first year. We had a great run the first year. Great run. Bunch of freshmen. Like, I don't think a sophomore played. Bunch of freshmen came in, and we just started hammering on it. Regional quarterfinals, all that good jazz. Yeah. So played for the year. And then coming up on my second year, played all the preseason, which was like 65 games. That's a JUCO preseason. Baseball (laughs) is a lot. Yeah. And this is coming off after the summer. Yeah. We've already played 140. So – Go into the preseason, play all the games, and we're getting ready to go to regular season. Play a couple games there, and I'm like, man, it's just kind of like nubby. It's just I'm not this not what I want to do anymore. Yeah. And it when a sport starts becoming a job, you lose you interest. Really, really have to love that sport. Yeah. And I didn't. Don't get me wrong. I love baseball with all my heart. Wish I'd go back every day and do it again. But I'm not going to go do something that I'm not 100 percent fully committed to. Yeah. Because that hurts me, it hurts the coach, it hurts the team. Exactly. And if you're hurting the team, that ain't no good. Yeah. So, I mean, I did this <laughs> way wrong. Coach Simmons will never hear this podcast, but if you do, I'm sorry, Coach. I should have done it a better way. But <laughs> I'm going to clip this and send it to him, so go yes. ahead. Yes, okay, perfect. Uh, he just made a Snapchat. So, he added me the other day on oh, Snapchat. Oh, I've got him on Snapchat yeah. already. He's like 67. I this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to add the other day, Coach Simmons added yeah, me there on you Snapchat. Go. Uh, but, no, I uh, – I got a couple buddies, and like I said, I grew up in a small town, Sanger, Texas. Like, we're not very big. And we're surrounded, like, Decatur's just to the uh, west of us, and then we got all the stuff out east. And then North Texas is kind of like, I live in horse country, big-time horse country in Pilot Point. I mean, we've got the Mannions, the Cools, everybody. Big-name Rainers and Copperstone. Copperstone, all that. And I was like, man, that'd be pretty cool. So I started training cutting horses. Train cutting horses, went to some fraternities, did all that good jazz. Uh, real quick before you move on, how do you get into that? Like, did, did, were you born in – I was, moved around a lot, so obviously y'all didn't, have, a lot, but y'all didn't have like – you weren't able to like – unless y'all were just hauling a, a three-horse so everywhere. So here's the deal is I never – so I had – my first horse was borrowed. Yeah. I never owned a horse. Everybody's first horse was borrowed. Uh-huh. You show I no up need, I didn't have like, no yeah, I got one it. for you. So – but I did not grow up in like a yeah. cutting horse family. But I had buddies that I hung out with, and I was like, man, I can do that. Like, I can do – I'm more athletic than all these people that I run around with. No offense to any of my friends that I know are going <laughs> to listen to this. Y'all but swallows. you're not as athletic. 
But anyway, so I was like, I know I can do that. And a good buddy of mine, Halen Fletcher, uh, he cowboy educator, hooked me up with actually his aunt at Clear Creek Cow Horse in Ralston, Texas, and was like, hey, you know, we just need barn hand, you know, saddling, loping, all this. I was like, sign me up. Four fifty a week. Lived in like a, I guess it was, it was hell. It wasn't even six hundred square foot little box. It was probably as big as this little room right here. Not even. Four fifty a week saddling, uh, washing horses, braiding horses, mm-hmm. loping, all that good jazz. And I was finally like, damn, I have to do something that's going to make some money. <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, like I'd go to all the fraternities and haul horses for them and all that good jazz, and like it would all my stuff be paid for. But when I got back and I was making that four fifty, I'll give you insight. My truck payment at the time was four fifty. Oh yeah. So, so you got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, you're and nothing. I am I'm like twenty years old. You got time. room and board and your truck's paid for and then you got nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't even have to well, I didn't have to pay room and board, but my truck payment was four fifty and I was eating summer sausage and crackers for like two months. Oh, on a ram I've been on a ramen noodle diet, man, for a while. But that's and then I moved to construction did all that good jazz and went to work for dad and got to work for some really big construction companies and get some experience there. So, but no, when I'm not doing this, I'm working construction with pops and trying to make a living. So let me ask you this too, Wrangler, when you're not hunting, what your, your operating machinery, is that just, is that all you do on the side outside of this to make your money? Yeah. Uh, so I work for a guy there in Springtown and, uh, so when I moved down there, I, uh, I had a long, like a long time buddy that was running machines, kind of being a foreman of the company. And I uh, messaged him and I was like, Hey man, I think about moving down to the DFW area. You have a spot open. Like you got a job that I could come do. And he was like, man, he's like, I'm always hiring. Yeah. Come on. So I, uh, I went down there and moved in and with my, uh, my girlfriend and it was like the second day I was there. I was like, I guess the first Monday I was there, I, Went to work. I went to work with my buddy and started running an off-road truck and ran that for about three weeks. And then he was like, man, you want to hop in an excavator? And I was like, yeah. Like, I, I want to do whatever. <laughs> I, I want to tear some shit up. Cab, I want to do whatever yeah, I can Cab me do. up, so, boy. Uh, they threw me in an excavator, and we were uh, we we're doing subdivisions at the time. So I was loading trucks for dirt for house pads and started doing that, moving a little bit of rock. and Caliche? The, no, it was actually rock. <laughs> like oversized rocks. I don't know if we it. told them about the caliche, but no, we'll, we didn't. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get but there. Uh, so I was working there, and nothing wrong with that, and having a good time. And I had a guy call me, and he was like, "Hey, man, it's like I heard you're down here uh, operating equipment." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Just moved down here or whatever." And he's like, "I got your name," and it was actually a client from last year. He uh, a he hunter? Gave, yeah, one of our hunters from last year. He was he gave my number to which is now my boss, he called me and he was like, I, I heard you're down here. I'm looking for an operator, all this and all that, and kind of talked to him a little bit. And it went on for a couple of weeks, and I finally was like, you know, I'm just going to see what he has to offer. And so called him, and we met up and started talking, and I kind of told him, I was like, hey, man, I was like, I'm going to let you know now. I was like, if I accept this job with you, I'm going to let you know that I'm going to be gone for three months this year. And he was like, what the hell are you going to be gone for? And I was like, well, I'm a hunting guide. He was like, dude, that is badass. <laughs> and so no hesitation. We, we started talking more and more, and I finally made the decision to make the switch and went over there and kind of, man, I don't 
ever get bothered. My boss trusts me, and we have a good relationship. He kind of says, hey, this is what you're going to be doing, or I need you to move the machine over here, so we'll I'll call some. I'll call one of our the guy that hauls over equipment and say, "Hey, I need the machine over here this day. I'm going to work on this project." And my boss just like, "Hey, you got it. Run with it." So yeah. Ever since then, I just been working by myself pretty much. Those are those are the kind of people you want to work for. Oh, like when 100%. they when they give you that motivation. Um, I just took a new job, uh, right before we went to Duluth, and um, anyway, so we were going to be out of town for two weeks and. I'd been working the same job for four years. Mm -hmm. We put in at the beginning of the year, and it's like, you know, you put your vacation in, and it, it gets covered. It's solid, you know. <laughs> I put all mine in at the, at the end of the year, right? I'm not I'm not running a guide service. I'm not a hunting guide by any means, but I'm hunting in hunting season a lot. Sure. And so what I can't work around my schedule, I'll take the vacation for it. That's my passion. That's it. Like, bar none, I'm going to hunt. For sure. And, um. So I, I made two transitions this year. I went from an operator to a supervisor and then from a supervisor to another company. And when I hired in, I was like, hey, look, like, I know this is not ideal, but, you know, I put this vacation in at the beginning of the year and I've got three trips or I've got three just in this weekend. I got four <laughs> trips planned or five right. trips over the course of, you know, two months at the end of the year. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was like. Yeah, sure. Like, and then this is this is my career we're talking about. Like, I'm. This is what pays for me to do this. Like, what I what I do in in hunting is just extra. Like, I'm not I'm not like you guys where you know there's there's any any bones in it for me. Like, it's just extra. This is just for running the side hustle, running the side business, and and sure. having fun and enjoying myself. Exactly. And they were like, "No, it's all you, dude. Like, go ahead and take it. Like, yeah, we're gonna honor that." And that, so that motivated me. I was like, "This is a good company. That's like, a company this you want to work for." Yeah, this these are the kind of people I wanna that that when I show up, I'm gonna give it my all, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, like that's how my boss was. So, like when I was talking to him about it all, he was just like, "Man, he was like, that's badass." Because he's a he's an avid hunter himself. He does more of like the bear hunting, the lion hunting, yeah, the big game, the and like the mountains, chasing elk, chasing yeah. mule deer, whatever. And, like, when I was telling him about that, he was like, man, he was like, that's completely fine with me. And I was like, well, I just want to let you know, like, that's that's my heart and passion is to guide, take people out, let people experience something they haven't experienced before. And he, like, the only thing he says is, man, that's badass. He's like, I'm glad you have a passion in that. He's like, I'm not going to take any away any anything away from you doing that. It's like, man, if you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. And. There was nothing wrong with my previous job, you know, and but there was just he gave me an offer and it's an offer I couldn't pass up. So and he works with you. That's yeah, and it, and that was the thing too. He as soon as I hired on with him, he started talking to me. He was like, "Man, I want to do this. I want to do that." I'm like, dude, we can work it out. And he came what last week? Last week, just left. He left left DFW in the morning. Came up pheasant hunted this afternoon or that afternoon. And he texted me. He was like, "Man." That's probably some of the most fun I've had in the last couple months, you know, and he was like, that's awesome. I appreciate yeah. it. But then he texted back and said, I wish you would come back already. <laughs> uh -oh, that's that's good when they don't say, you got to be back yeah, on Monday. Exactly. Hey, I wish you'd come back. That's and that's good that you, that builds you, that boosts you up a little bit. Exactly. Like, you, you and know, like the thing about you know him too is he was job. like, anytime you need anything, like, let me know. Like, if you have something you got to go do, go do it. Like, it's part of life. Like, things pop up. 
or you got to take a day off or you need to go do an appointment or whatever. He's like, dude, you don't got to worry about me getting mad at you for taking off or you saying, hey, like I got to do this tomorrow. I'm not going to be at work. And he's just like, man, do what you got to do. And well, you seem like just a guy that they just say, don't forget to put your time in. Yeah, uh, you're doing not, the blind. You, uh, <laughs> but you seem like a guy that when you are, I mean, because you, I mean, you and Brooks today, y'all worked y'all's ass off, like trying to cater to us, and we're trying not to make make you cater. You cater to us. But like you're like you're, yeah, well, you work your ass to. off. I imagine you bring that to the workplace. Your boss appreciates it, and that's kind of like what I have at work, like. Not as lenient as that, but like, hell, my like operations manager messaged me a minute ago. She's like, "How's the hunting trip, man?" And yeah. I sent him a picture, one of those pictures Matt took today of the sand hill, and he's like, "Dude, that's just awesome." Yeah, you know, they just they they know about the Bayou Dragon deal and everything, so they're all on board. You know, they're like, "Like, hey, I'm not gonna be here. I'm doing this or whatever." Like, yeah, have fun. Yeah, my Scout. dog. Yes, <laughs> that's. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I am very thankful for. Is he's he's completely understanding about the future and the passion that I have. And he's like, man, like you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So you got to make a living. And I, that's the one thing I told him. I was like, man, I'm looking for something that I can bust my ass for six, seven months in the summertime, early spring or whatever, and show you that I'll trust, like you can have my trust that I'll come back and then I can have your trust that I'm going to have my job back, you know? And he was like, no dude, Go do what you got to do. Go enjoy life. You're young. Go experience new things. And I was like, man, it's just too. Couldn't ask for a better boss, <laughs> yeah. man. Wow, that's yeah, perfect. He's, he's awesome, you know. And that's one thing, you know. I When I'm back home not hunting, I'm going to work every day, putting in long hours, you know, because that's – he let me go off for three months, and I still have a guaranteed job to go back. So that's my duty to, you know, I'm going to bust my ass and show him I appreciate you letting me take yeah. this time off to do something I love to do, meet folks like y'all, and for sure, it's. I don't know if I'd want to meet me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know well, if you'd want to meet you either. <laughs> I know y'all were sketched out, like you y'all were worried. Y'all had the kid cleaning up the house the and kid. shit. I was like, we got here, and he's like, yeah, I've been cleaning up. I'm like, why? Yeah, like, like, I'm know, about to shit in your toilet. <laughs> like, I'm about to blow your shit. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. All like, right, like all right. Take it easy now. I was in a bind. Leave me alone. And like y'all were saying earlier, you know, like we're we're used to having clients out here. You know, they're paying for the hunt, and they show up. We tell them, hey, meet at this pen at this time. When they get out there, all the decoys are set up, the A-frame set up, or the yeah. kickbacks out, whatever we're hunting that that morning. And y'all came up, and y'all were like, no, like we're helping y'all do everything, you know. That was totally we're, we're, different. We're very, <laughs> very appreciative. Yeah, but no, you know, like I'll, I'll say this to go along with that, too, is, like, I've got buddies back home that I busted ass with in public land marsh, like, all all my life growing up. And, like, we've been there, done that. Like, we know that the other guy's going to work. We know that the other guy's going to hunt hard. And, you know, I'll go and hunt with those guys now that they're guiding, and they're just in the habit of doing that. Yeah. They're in the habit of catering to customers and clients and – you know, so they're like, they don't expect that because they just expect that when they show up, they got to do it all themselves. And so I'm like, you know, I'll go hunt with like a good buddy of mine. Colby calls me all the time. Shout out, uh, Broken L Outdoors, Colby Rivia. But um, he'll call me all the time and be like, hey, man, you want to hunt in the morning? I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, there'll be a handful of other guys that are along for the ride, you know, that he may bring into the blind. But 
he know now he knows like if he calls me up like he'll start doing everything and I'm right there with him and he'll just kind of like kick it around and be like oh shit you know like it just gets yeah. to a point where you're just you Gary just kill. repetitive <laughs> you just do the same thing over and over exactly. again you you work it over for the customers you have everything set up for them and it's I, I think it's nice and I like I pride myself on being able to do that for for guys like y'all you know we show up we're gonna tow the line we're gonna carry our weight whatever you guys need we're here for it was so different. Having y'all, like like we said, we sat around for an hour. An hour this morning because we got the spread set out, A-frames put up, everything's good to go yeah. in like 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like that's quick, record but like time. That's, but that shit like is all part of the experience. That's why we, that's why I do it. Like from the most simple things, like the experience, the talking, the bullshitting before. I mean, the shooting the birds are just a plus. You yeah. don't shoot birds if you do shoot birds. It's hunting. Who gives a fuck? But the funnest part to me of a hunt is that 30 minutes before shooting light that you just get to sit there and bullshit with everybody. Bullshit. And you're like, okay, this is going to be a really, you can kind of get the vibe from everybody. Like, this is going to be a really good hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it's not, like, we go out and it's part of life and it's part of being a guide, but, like, you go out and you have zero days. Yeah. Even those guys that are posting pile picks every single day. Oh, that took those they're, last week. They're hitting. Yeah, exactly. Some of them take them last week. Some of them are, you know, they just went on a hunt that day and they zeroed. Yeah. But well, it's like it's like today, like we were sitting in the bottom, like, oh, well, what time? Like, we never hunted cranes like this. Yeah. Like, what time do you guys usually call it? We're like, y'all were like 930 max, you know, and then we're just sitting there bullshitting. Wouldn't times, stay past times, 10. Times, and we get out of the bottom away from us and we're looking down. We're like, shit, it's 1045. You know, we've just been here cutting up, man. It was a good time. Man, it's always, it's always good to hunt with really good people, good attitudes are wanting to be there, and they know, like, it's hunting. It's not killing, it's hunting. If it was killing, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. And everybody would be crushing the game at it. But it's a game of you versus Mother Nature, and you've got to be top dog that day. And most, 99% of the time, you ain't going to be top dog. Bro, no. <laughs> no, I, you def, I've skunked just as many times as I've oh, man, limited. have goosed a lot of times. I mean, that's just how it is. And I've, nobody likes doing it. No, no, it's not fun. But I mean, the whole experience, though, is why I keep doing it. Is like, I've literally, I've been in slumps down at home. You go three or four hunts in a row, probably a piece of Copenhagen. No, a little oh, a hair. Fuzz. Oh, a little, probably a feather. Probably a a sand crane feather. feather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, I respect y'all for, like, I respect all guides because if they like it enough to do it, because I've never, and I've had the opportunity to, you know, guide and do all that shit. I'm like, that does not appeal to me at all. Yeah. I love to hunt, but I love to hunt myself. I love to hunt with buddies. There's no way I would take out to some random blojo in a, and he could be a, just a, just a real cock. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother thing too. And this, this is not speaking from my own experience, but a buddy of mine, uh, you know, they had a, a like a life-threatening situation. Somebody got ki- not killed, but somebody got shot. Uh, he's a young young boy. He was like twelve years old, and it's like, luckily, you know, he's fine now. He lived. Everything was okay. But that's like that's something you got to deal with when you're yeah. when you're bringing guys out into the blind that you don't know anything about. These are not guys that you hunt with regularly. These are new people to you at all times, and they're yeah. probably new to hunting. Usually, if they're you know, and and sometimes, especially yeah. if 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 it's somebody who's saying like, I'm going to send my customers out, you know, have show them a good time or whatever, you know, and you're the expectation is that we're just going to kill birds, but you know, these guys may have never picked up a gun before and 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 hunted. You know, they don't, yeah. they maybe don't know how to be safe. They maybe don't know how to conduct themselves in the blind, and so that's something you got to be mindful of. And it just carries over into into every day, and just got to stay sharp with it. That's sure. that's something we're 
I would say, I, and I don't brag on pinwheel a lot because I don't want to sound cocky, but that's, that's something we do really, really well is we make sure that everybody's heard the safety speech. Yeah. We make sure everybody knows, you know, here's your shooting lane. And we, we try and keep everybody as safe as can be. But, of course, you know, shit happens. People are human. Yeah, people are yeah. human. And shit's going to happen. Stuff's not going to go the way you want it to. Yeah. But, no, I, I would say we do pride ourselves on being trying to be the safest we can be and trying to do the best we can to, you know, make your hunt a successful hunt. Right. Yeah. Quick break, and we're back with some more. Tanner's in there watching football right now. Yeah. Having, he, a, having a ball. Yeah, he loves the Arizona Cardinals. So, uh, there was one thing I was wanting to to pick y'all's brain about um, kind of over the weekend, but I, I wanted to save it for the podcast. But um, So, for us, we do a lot of moving around. We try to hunt in as many different scenarios as we can. Uh, chase those new experiences and stuff and so like growing up guiding was like the dream like I wanted to to guide you know hunt for a living that's all I want to do um, but now it's like you know if I was if I was to be part of a guide service you know that would be I'd have to dedicate a lot of time to that and that would be strictly what I was doing so for you guys do you do you guys have still have time to to go out and to hunt and you know, hunt in different circumstances. Like I know you were, you and I were talking about you going up to Montana. Is that something that you can still do when you're dedicating so much time to, you know, putting in hours and, and working for the guide service, you know? Uh, it'd be kind of hard, you know. Um, eventually, you know, that's, you know, upland birds are like really what gets me going. That gets lead. That gets nubby bricked up. It, it, <laughs> that's what gets me going, you know, and having dogs running and, you know, Watching a dog lock up on a pheasant is just, it's incredible. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, that's something I want to do in the future is be able to go up to South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Idaho, do all those northern states, you know, that have pheasant, quail, chucker, uh, prairie chickens, grouse, you know, like all the, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, it's, Take it, it off. It'd be real tough, you know, like with what we're doing right now, because you know, best time of the seasons in the winter time. Yep. Right. Well, if we're down here guiding, can't do you that. Know, you ain't got time for that. So <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me curious, man. I know you guys are really passionate hunters. Um, you got to love this to be able to do it, like you said earlier, Brooks. It's when when you you mentioned sports you know becoming a job becoming something that you have to do every day and and hunting's the same way it's it's the same way with anything you know if you take your passion and then it becomes a job it becomes something that you're now required to do rather than just something that you're doing for fun uh and and for enjoyment and you know for whatever reason that that gets you going right um you know does do you still have the opportunities to go and and hunt the way that you did before like Nubby said, I mean, all your good hunting's done right now. And right now, we're guiding clients. So, you know, we're scouting all this, that. And we do have, like, we'll have, like, a week, two-week break. But a week, two-week break's really... That's R&R. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you don't have, that's not worth the money to go all the way to South Dakota or Montana, right. and take that trip, come back, and then just keep hunting and Because hunting you're going to be doing the same exact thing when you're You're going to be there. doing the same exact thing, but it's almost like a... I don't know the best way to put this either, but it's a bit of a catch twenty two. Yeah, yeah, so like if you're guiding, yeah, you're doing what you love. But like I told Porter today in the truck, 
like this was like today was like the first time me and Nubby actually got to hunt. Yeah. Like we weren't worried yeah. about, okay, we got to get, okay, we got five guys need 15 birds. Got to get that before we can start shooting. But when y'all came up, we were like, oh, this is great, man. We get to actually shoot, you know, work yeah. the dog, do all this. Oh, yeah, yeah, talk man. shit. Cut up. Whatever, yeah. yeah but, and I'm a big believer, and if you're passionate about something, go do it. But don't do it to the point where you burn yourself out and you just aren't passionate about it anymore. When it gets to that point where you feel like you're getting burned out on it, get out and get out now, and then just go back to doing it like you were. Moderation. Yeah. Moderation exactly. is key. And, like, that's what got me into guiding is, you know, I've – I pheasant quail hunted growing up, and then I've done a little bit of waterfowl, and I started guiding. And to me, what gets me going and what keeps me driving to being a guide is you get these guys that come in like this is y'all's first time to shoot sandhill cranes, decoying sandhill cranes. You know what I mean? It's an awesome experience to me. That's what keeps me going is watching a group of clients or. If it's a group of clients and everyone's hunted before, but there's that one guy that's never done it before, and they shoot their first sandhill crane or seeing that reaction, first goose or oh, first pheasant, whatever, yeah. and you look over and they're just as happy as can be. You know, just you grin and ear to ear. I say it. I say it a lot on this podcast. You know, for guys like us, there's not a lot of firsts left. You, you know, to go and to do that and like growing up hunting and and being able to do everything the way that we've done it, it's like, we're blessed. We really are, you know, to For have sure. the opportunities, but like being able to come out here and do something that's so foreign to us, like we have sandhill cranes, but we're in, we're in an area where we can't hunt them. And so it's like, you know, I've never, I would have never thought like, okay, I'm going to drive to fucking, Lubbock. you know, Lubbock, Texas and go shoot sandhills. Mm-hmm. Like it just never crossed my mind. I was like, yeah, I'm right. just not going to be able to shoot sandhills because we can't shoot them. That yeah. first experience for somebody. And that's like, what makes me, and I've said this before, probably said on the pot, like we go deer, <clears throat> we go deer hunting or whatever. I usually just bring my wife because I'd rather her to shoot it. You know, the excitement for on sure. her face. For sure. The other day, Tanner's first deer. You know, he's been hunting all his life, and just never had the chance. And I've taken him deer hunting, and it's hunting, of course. You know, hunting, not I have, killing. Oh, bro, I have. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I got three good eight points on camera. They've been there for a year. I've been protein feeding them. They were going to be there. We go up there for a three-day trip, don't see a fucking thing. I'm like, damn. But this year, right before this trip, he got his first deer. and I got First four I, deer. First <laughs> yeah. four deer, yeah. Pretty good pile. I, but I, I sat in the blind with him when he shot that buck. Tanner's had a hell of a weekend. Tanner was, no, dude, Tanner. Tanner was <laughs> we went to the deer lease. Tanner was Chris Kyle over the weekend. He just dropped every single deer that he saw. And I mean, we had we, we all saw deer, but it was like, you know, we're up there to – we can't kill every deer we see. You know, we, we're shooting coals, we're shooting does, and so if young deer walk out, you know, opportunity's not there. Just gotta let them go. And like, if you if you would have told me that all four of us were gonna go up and Tanner was gonna shoot four and none of us were gonna shoot anything, I would have bet. I would have bet the under on that. For yeah, hundred percent. Especially in Fredericksburg, Texas. You know, like yeah. there's deer there. Not big deer, not giant deer, but there is deer. A lot of deer, but. It just didn't work out. I mean, like y'all were saying, y'all had problems with full moon. We've had fog. No We've had wind. Like <laughs> no wind. I mean, no wind. Like zero. <laughs> this is all the situations over there. Big deal is uh, the acorns. They've been. They had a great year on acorns, so they 
So yeah, deer are everywhere. Why, they, 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 get, they wake up and just eat right there. And yeah, why, are they, why would they go to some bullshit to corn? Yeah. No, they're just staying in the trees, you know? It's just the ones that are just used to eating corn. Why would I travel, you know, half a mile this way to what I can stay yeah. right here in my little circle and Add the a kids kid. breaking ah, shit? God dang it, kid. Um, but why would I stay here in this little circle when I can just, or why would I go off when I can just stay right here? Yeah, yeah. no, it's like at and home. It sucks. I like eating at home more than I like driving. To go uh, eat somewhere uh, every day. <laughs> a good home cooked meal is <sighs> really Ooh, big old chicken fried steak right now sounds real good. I mean, I can't say I haven't been eating good this trip. Like we went and ate at, in Fredericksburg. We ate uh, the first day. Ryan made like four racks of ribs, all kinds of shit. Next day, he made uh, New York strips for us and all this kind of shit. Y'all last night made some bomb ass burgers. I don't know what we're doing tonight. I don't know if we're going to get fucked up or what, but, <laughs> but I don't care. Regardless, I, I am good with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll find it out. But, I'm uh, going to tell you right now, as soon as we uh, end this episode, I'm hitting that old bed, boy. I didn't get that <laughs> nap like y'all got earlier, man. Oh, bro, I'm ready to rage. Yeah, yeah. get on me and Nubby's level, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess I'm just level. not there yet. I got to do a little bit of growing up, huh? Yeah, well, sure. I want to be like Matt when I grow up. Yeah, what, just sleepy all the time and a fucking asshole? That's all right. Well, yeah. I guess I'm already mad. It, it, don't, it don't matter. We're. Shit, we're dude, we're running seven days a week from sun up. We've kind of, we've kind of like told us, yeah, the sleep deal. Yeah, yeah, probably not gonna happen. Yeah, we're <laughs> sleeping. You're dead. You but, go like the thing is, is like you go home and they're like, people are like, damn, like kind of look like shit. You kind of look like well, I ain't sleeping. Is, I mean, you're you're up at three thirty. You're going sending out decoys, hunting all day, scout all hunting day. all morning, and then. Go home, clean birds, whatever. Get some lunch in you. Get a little bit of lunch. Back on the road. Right back on the road until sundown. And then you got clients and clients are like, hey, let's take you out to eat. Or, hey, let's go do this or whatever. Well, you don't want to be that type of person that's just like, no, man, like we're hunting tomorrow. Like we're not staying up late and shit like that. You want to give the clients the best best experience experience they can can get. So you're going to. You're going to get into every activity that they want to get into. Especially without having a lodge. Like. With this being our first year, you know, a lot of these outfitters have lodges and stuff. We don't have it. So if somebody offers to take us out to dinner and they really want to take us to dinner, we're going to go to dinner with them. Yeah. Like, we're not just going to sit at the house and, you know, eat ramen noodles and yeah, you know, chicken breast. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and that's another thing, too. Like, with us not having a lodge right now is these clients have to come in. They got to stay in a hotel or an Airbnb or whatever. You still want to give them that experience that they're still a part of this whole of trip, everything. You know, <laughs> you don't want to just say, "Hey, meet me at this pen at this, this time. time." You don't want to show make them up feel excluded. They, yeah, they, they hunt, and then right after the hunt, they get in their vehicles, they go back to their hotel or go wherever they're going. We clean the birds, and we're like, "Hey, here's the pen for tomorrow." You know, yeah. you don't want to have that all the time because yeah. everybody's it's, just like, Johnny, oh, "It's repetitive." Johnny, we need a lodge, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, John Boy, if you're listening, we need a lodge. But uh, you know, like that's that's my thing on it. You know, like I want to be, I want to make everybody's trip worth what they're worth, paying, worth what the, they're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you know, it's it's not cheap, and they they come up here, they save their money, they they pay it, or you know, you, you got plan advance, take off like, from work, and all yeah. this, and, and they so do a lot of your, stuff goes into leave it. your pregnant wife at home. Yeah, like yeah. they they take away from their family, their kids, or they bring their kids up, or we whatever. You want to give them the a, opportunity that they can get to make the experience where they, where they want to come back. Is the kid getting that? Is he getting? A, did he order pizza? Eric, who's at the door? <laughs> Tanner's on it. 
The kid failing at his duties. The kid's probably in there with that lubriderm. No, I know um, exactly what that. Yeah, you spot on. Uh, <laughs> it's past eight o'clock, eight thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah, boy. lubriderm dust got broke out. Um, what's up, Tanner? What's up? Who's at the dough? Ain't nobody at the dough. No, oh, why is he hit? He forgot how to walk in uh, the door. I mean, yeah, he forgot how to knock. That's an oh. everyday deal. Oh man, he just hits Kid. the doorbell. Uh, he just. Uh, he just it's, this podcast ain't long enough. He yeah. did it the other day, and I was I was sitting in here sweeping or something. Just jacking himself, <laughs> waxing okay. the dolphin. Yeah, yeah. I heard the doorbell ring, and I went out there, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't mean to hit the doorbell." I'm like, "Dude, how? How? That's one of those things." The front porch. We've been how walking in the same door for a month and a half now. There he is, the kid right there. How do you hit a doorbell? What are you doing, kid? I don't want to hear it. See, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Uh, accidentally hit it. He was. He said the lubriderm slipped. But um, <laughs> um, he didn't eat no popcorn. I've been wanting to. He did yeah. eat pop tarts. He I didn't eat pop tarts out of his pop tart holder. I've been yeah. wanting to Fancy. ask like, so I'm, y'all guide for three months, and that's what you do, and then y'all work. But do y'all have any other hobbies? Like I'm saying, do you fish? Did you have the like the chance to fish where y'all from i know there ain't like giant lakes and shit like oh, that oh i've yeah uh, uh, there's yeah, a lot I of fish. them there's a lot i of live lakes in North five Texas. minutes from the boat ramp on ray roberts oh, okay <laughs> yeah. well i'm just i don't know exactly I know you, where I know you guys golf too we talked about yeah, that yeah. Golf a little bit i fish i golf uh work with dogs yeah so you grew uh, up bass that takes fishing some time and, grew up bass and crappie fishing sand bass fishing on ray roberts but crappie sand bass and largemouth bass fishing it's kind of what i you're up, doing. Yeah. I just, I didn't know exactly how, where, at home, where y'all were, like, located. Like, because for us, why I love living where we live is you're 30 minutes from the beach. You can go do some salt water. You have the brackish and the bayous and the marsh. You can go to the lake, which is an hour, you know. Yeah. Either way, like, whichever way you're yeah, going. Which, which lake you want to You have the bayou where we're catching catfish and bass and shit like that. So, I just didn't know if y'all... Fished also, if y'all. Whatever. I mean, heck, I fish. When I get the opportunity to go fish, I'll go fish. I, we, I'm fortunate enough to have a place on Texoma, and I'm fortunate enough to live five minutes from Johnson Branch Boat Ramp on Ray Roberts. Yeah. Now, I don't have a bass boat. That, well, so it does me no good. Well, you don't have time to. But my roommate's dad has a bass boat, and we use that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OPCS, baby. Other people's cool shit. Other people's cool true. shit. Yeah. True. That's yeah. what most of my friends use my bass boat. So. OPCS, baby. Come yeah. On. That's why I bought one. Run the like, damn ball on that one. Yeah, run the run damn the ball. Damn ball. Run the damn run the ball. Damn yeah. ball. Run the damn football. What? How did that come up? The run the damn ball. <laughs> Man, I'll. Uh, so I was in South Carolina. My brother, my oldest brother, lives in South Carolina, and uh, he he went to Clemson. He's actually he went to the Navy first, and then after he got out, he decided he wanted to go to Clemson. He met met an old lady, and they ended up getting married. She's. Probably one of the coolest sisters that I had. Oh my, my only sister, I guess, right now, sister-in-law. And um, we went up to South Carolina. Uh, I guess it's been three or four years. And uh, it was when Clemson was in the playoffs to go to the national championship. And uh, we went over to my brother's in-laws, and we were sitting there. And my, I guess my brother's brother-in-law, uh, Ben, showed up, and he was wearing a hat that said, hashtag run the damn ball. And so he, the whole entire game, that's all he just kept chanting. That's all he kept chanting. And then kind of just stuck with me. And then I slowly, I was like, anytime I 
had a clip where we shot a bunch of birds or we were hunting or whatever it was, I just slowly started putting hashtag run the damn ball. And from there on out, man, anything we post, it's hashtag hashtag run the damn ball. You know, we're... You know, we're not trying to be fucking hard asses or anything like that. We're just having a good time. Oh, dude. Or just (laughs) constantly post, like, run the damn ball, run the damn ball, or whatever. Oh, dude. It's something that us internally, we're like, it's just something that we do. It's funny. Oh, dude, we made Colton Colton do different call-outs to our Montana. And we haven't even made it to some of those videos yet, but he'll yell out. Give him a shave. Give him a hot shave. Pamela Anderson. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucked. Oprah like, Winfrey. Like, just anything. <laughs> it's like, he would say it. He would just be like, what do I need to say next, you know? <laughs> we have five geese decoying. It's like, say this. You know, he's mic'd up like y'all were today. So, he would yell something, stand up, drop him, and it's like, he's like, you get that? Like, well, yeah. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty cool today I got that being on mic'd up. I felt kind of special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, tomorrow will like, be the same thing. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. Yeah, but that's how Porter feels trouble. every day. He's special. I put yeah. my hand up there, like, by my titties, and I'd see that little deal, and I was like, shit, I didn't know how to watch on I it. forgot <laughs> I had it. Like, there was one time I think I went to go put my hands in my bibs, and I was like, did I lose this thing? But then it was just stuck right there. Yeah, dude, it's out of the way. Com- Completely forgot about it. Yeah, when Brooks went to get the truck, the kid showed up. He jumped in with him. I was like, hey, man, let me get that mic from you. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, what? I was like, let me get that mic. He's like, shit, I forgot I was wearing (laughs) it. I did, too. I I sat right there, and I'd look at it every now and again, and I'd just see a little fuzzball. I was like, oh, shit, I'm mic'd up. Forget the reason there. It's like like NFL game day, baby. I'm I'm mic'd up. (laughs) Yeah, tomorrow we need to call plays and do all kinds of shit. Oh, we're going to do our 37 trap tomorrow. Boom, 42. No, we gonna get we gonna hit him with that thirty seven trap. Man, I hope we smash him in the morning. I'm ready to hunt with people. People, oh, people. I can't. So we're hunting tomorrow morning. We're hunting with a group of guys uh, that's coming up to hunt with the uh, pinwheel boys, and uh, it's a bunch of gentlemen that are about our age plus one people plus one people. Plus and it's one. a it's a really really good hunt. It's my buddy Cameron out of Lubbock. His grandfather's getting up there where you know this might be his last hunt. This might be the last chance he gets to go hunting. Man, I hope it's not. So, and it's not just because he's in bad health or anything. It's just because he's getting older. You know, he yeah. doesn't move around as well. And But just to have that experience, to take somebody on something that might be their last, or Did might I, be like their last experience getting to do it, bar none, my favorite. Uh, favorite bro, I, that I, was exactly like when my boss came up. Uh, last his dad. week, yeah. he uh, he brought his do- his dad, and that was like the, the whole thing. He was like, "Man, I want to get my dad out because he loves watching dogs work." And he's like, "I want to get my dad out because you never know. Like everyone gets to that age, you're not promised tomorrow. So live yeah. every day like it's your last. Get out, and hunt, enjoy yourself." So he was he was life. just telling me he's like, "Man, I want to get my dad out there and at least see if he like just get the pheasant experience." And uh, so he came up and. His dad, you know, he just older guy. He's he's done his time and great, great gentleman. And uh, man, he uh, they came up and we pheasant hunted. Dogs worked great, multiple points on a good good solid birds. And after the end of the hunt, we were talking, and I was like, "Man, did you have fun?" And he was like, "This is probably the most fun I've had in a while." And I was like, "What do you like? Is that good thing? Bad thing? Like?" What do you think about this whole thing? He was like, really? The only thing I wanted to come up here is watch a dog work. He said, that's 
It didn't matter if I shot one thing or ten things. I wanted to watch. That'll tell you the simplicity of the era that he grew up in versus the guys nowadays that come out. Yes, you're watching a guy that's. I mean, he's he's this is he's lived life. Yeah, he's seen from whether it be the 30s, 40s, or 50s when he was born. He's seen all the way from then to now. Yeah, and. To get the opportunity to have the chance to be with somebody who's like, I could give a shit less about killing birds. I want to watch these dogs. I want to have a good time. I want to watch birds work. And I just want to have a good weekend or a good few days. That's awesome. Oh, dude, I literally, I got to take my grandfather on my dad's side, my dad's daddy. I got to take him. I drove him to the blind. He loved deer hunting. He grew up bird hunting and all that shit, but as he got older, you know, Bird hunting's a lot harder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can go get into, like, you know, I had to help him into the stand, everything like that. But I got to take him his last time to ever go deer hunting. And this dude is like, like you're saying, he, we had plenty of deer you could shoot. I, I guarantee he saw deer that he could shoot, but he just sitting there watching him, enjoying he'll put, it. He'll put in a pinch of snuff and he'll sit there cross legged and just watch deer all day. Yep. You know, and I, he loved, he, he, he loved it more like, Cause I shot a deer, went and picked him up, went and grabbed it, and he's just more excited about that. You know what I mean? It's like I heard you shooting. I, I started getting you know all excited. I'm I like, love I love watching a good porter work. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm here. I get to watch porter work. He was and like I got to be a part of his very last experience, and I was like that. No, yeah. that's that's awesome. That's, and like I said earlier when we were talking about the guide, and it's to me like I don't have to pull the trigger at all. I don't even have to put a gun in the blind, and it wouldn't bother me one bit. To me, that's what keeps me driving to guiding is watching those people and just enjoy themselves, being out there, watching the birds, watching the dogs, yeah. or whatever, just the camaraderie or whatever it is that we're doing. Just those guys, like and like he said, the the generation that they grew up in, they're just happy to be out there. They're happy, happy to, to have the opportunity. Outdoors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like kids nowadays, like they'll come out and you know, hell, we could shoot a banger hunt, five guys, fifteen birds, done by seven fifteen. Oh, we well, well, we're not going to be able to get that you know that badass pile because we don't have twenty something birds. Well, we're only allowed fifteen. There's five of you for one, yeah. Yeah. and two. I would probably be just thankful for what you got. Yeah, and that's that's. Something yeah, it's, that's it's, kind of a, it's kind of a dime I breed think, to just be thankful. I think that you know the social media aspect of it and the TV and all that and the the recognition that comes with having a big pile and you know people are chasing more of the attention nowadays than they are the experience and uh, that's tough, man. It's tough to navigate. I've hunted, with, I've hunted with that's what he's telling me. Yeah, I've hunted with guys who I go out there with them and you know I mean I, I get that there are some things like I, I know. A lot of people don't like to eat waterfowl, and, you know, the the takeaway from it is just that they want to go and hunt, and that's cool, you know. I, I, it's not for everyone, but that's what they're there for is the – I'm going to – I'm going out to hunt so I can take a pile pick yeah. and fucking post it, and that's all I care about. And it's like, dude, you're missing out, man. Our best group I – th- I think our best group that we've had this year has been a two-man group, husband and wife, retired, older couple – Nobody knows who I'm talking about. No, no kids. No they've, kids. Uh, they've All been they do re- is just hunt. They've been uh, so the the male of this figure. I don't. I don't really want to throw out names. Uh, I don't know if it's just don't throw out the last name. But this guy, he was a doctor for 
so many years he's gone overseas and done like medical programs missions and all this all kinds of stuff to help out other people and he's been a pediatric doctor before at Cooks there in Fort Worth he's one of those dudes that like he's helped so many people but he'll never take it because he doesn't think he deserves the help this guy deserves the world yeah and and so does his wife so they uh they came up in November. November and crane hunted with us and so they did a crane quail combo and the first day we told them like hey uh meet us at this pen or whatever I think it was at all subs there in Lockney and I, yeah. I went and met them and I was getting a can of snuff or something and these they walked up to the counter and was getting some coffee and I was like hey are, are y'all so and so and they're like yeah and I was like oh well hell y'all are my group today or whatever we started bullshitting and went out there and they're like man we've been on guided hunts before and like we've never been to where they set up all the decoys and everything for us you know and we're like that's just kind of how we are you know um and so they hunted in the morning crane hunted we limited out went and quail hunted that afternoon next day good hunt again quail hunted and uh when they got home they texted us and they're like the way y'all processed y'all's birds and everything y'all did like that is perfect for what we want you know, they were just thankful for the way we did things, the way we treated them and everything. And so they came back last week to do a goose. Do a goose uh, hunt. Goose pheasant goose combo. Goose pheasant combo. And the geese played tough for two days. They did not want to play with Real us. Real tough. And uh, so we hardly shot any. We shot some pheasants in the afternoon. And uh, when they got home after their trip, they, they always send me a text message. And they're like, y'all don't understand how thankful we are for y'all. You know, and it's just like how y'all are saying that generation, they were happy as can be just to be out there enjoying the outdoors, doing stuff. They weren't worried about it. And that's what no. Gary was telling us uh, that last afternoon of Pheasant. He was like, I don't care that we didn't shoot any geese. You know, he was like, we understand. Like, we saw a bunch. They just didn't want to play. You know, we just had didn't want to do it. bad weather. Mother Nature just kind of took over. You know, you can't control the, the birds. And they were just – so thankful for what we gave them you know and it's just it shows the generations that people don't care about shooting limits shooting these pile picks whatever they're just there for the experience and like you get these younger generations they come and you know we'll shoot we'll have a bad day last weekend we'll shoot five or six prime example we needed 20 or whatever and they're just like Oh, we're ready to call it. Let's let's go to the truck, and they get in the truck. They dip out. We'll meet yeah. you in a little bit. Like we need our meat or whatever. We're Entitled. Like, well, we we still need to go. Like we got to take them. We got to process them. Like get all of our documentation, everything. You know, they're all anal about it. it you know? a, it's just because there's a lot more that goes into just. It's not just cleaning birds, putting them in bags. It's cleaning birds, putting them in bags. Now we have to log everything. Have to do all this. Well, if you're gonna. And uh, I hate to do this, but like we had a group last week, one day hunt. I went okay, it went great. What 11, 12 birds? Yeah, it's a pretty good hunt. Yeah, and I mean, they just hated it. I hated just it. the I say they hated it. One guy kind of ruined the group. It, it like I takes, said, it only takes one, it, it only takes a shithead, man. But it's not, I mean, I understand, you know, you're paying the money to come up here, you want to shoot all your birds. Well, it goes back to that. This is hunting, not killing. 
Yes. If it was, it's just like baseball, football, basketball, soccer, whatever. Fishing. That's why they call it Everything. fishing, not catching. Exactly. It's like if, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But come on. I mean, you're getting – this is better than sitting at home in an office or doing construction, something you don't want to be doing that day. You're getting to do something different. Yeah. And my, my take from that would probably just be be thankful that you're not doing something you don't want to be doing. Bro, yeah. what they don't get is hunting is one of the most pure, one of the most pure things you can do because it is the most. It's a bird. It, I mean, it's hell. They it's can, nature, man. I mean, they will do what the fuck they want to do. You can do everything in the world. You can scout the same field. You can be on a feed of ten thousand. That next day, you're like, dude, I just set out the best spread I've ever had. We have the best fucking hide. Nothing. Nothing. No, they're not going to show up. Yeah. It's because they're a fucking bird. It's well, like, just like this morning, you know, we had them kind of cut off to the left, kind of cut off to the right, but the ones that did it, they did it. Yeah. And, hell, I had a great time this morning. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, the the disconnect there is, like, like uh, we, we're doing this. Like, we're running the Bayou Dragons. This is our thing. And, like, I'm I'm all about the pile picks and, like, getting the documentation and, and showing everybody our experience, right? But that, to me, is is work. Like, I would – if it was if it was between I, I tell people this all the time, like I struggle with this a lot. Like when I'm on a great hunt, I don't want to pick up the camera, dude. I want to have my gun in my hand. I want to be there up. for it. I don't want to be looking at it through a screen. Right. So there there's there's that, you know, and it's like, you know, I it's like there's so many there was some good groups this morning. It's it's there was hard some dirty to... groups this morning and just being in the blind, like wanting to be part of that and the camaraderie, like there's a third party between it to have to do that. And so it's, it's work and it's tough, but you know, it's, it's, it's getting to in a different form. We're able to share that experience with everybody else and show them how we do things. And, you know, we're pretty raw about everything. We don't really care to edit much. We just kind of let it all hang out. And if you like it, great. If you don't fuck your, yeah, Yeah. fuck off. Well, that's like, it's it's easy to show the good days. It's really hard to show the bad days. I'll tell you when we have a bad day, we had one in Montana. Looks like we kill every day. It's like, there's one day we, didn't have them figured out. Yeah. They didn't yeah. do what you, they were supposed you, to do. A lot of people count the negatives a lot harder than they count the positives. Well, and, that's, and, and Jeff has told me multiple times, hey, don't, you know, don't post biopics because everybody's going to be expecting this, expecting this. I was on Instagram today with me and nobody were scouting this afternoon. Uh, an outfitter out here that's usually, you know, piling them up, piling them up. Had a bad day today. Like, it still got shared. Yeah. And that's what people have got to understand. Not every day is a, no. it's just a great day. We're hunting birds. Yeah. We're hunting, you know, we're, we're hunting an animal that could go two, three, four, five different ways. Anyway, it's just me now. <laughs> Everybody had to go pee. I guess the beer is flowing. Uh, hey, Matthew. I'm here, too. Yeah, we we just kind of just went on. So anyone that's followed and listens to all our podcasts and everything, I'll kind of explain this shit because we've never really talked about it. So, yes, yeah, we're talking, we're Bye. doing it um, in there. So, like our board that we record, that's the vocals that you hear. It it can go for five six hours. Like we don't have to stop that. The camera goes it stops thirty minutes. So. We have to, every 29 minutes and 30 seconds, we stop it, break, do it. Sometimes we just roll into it. We just rolled into it. And I don't give a shit. Everybody's peeing, pooping. You shit outside, right? 
Are you going right now? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I'm oh, rolling, shit. Boy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm bullshit. But I'm trying to, I'm telling people like how this shit works. It's like, look, we have 30 yeah, minute segments. We, we go, we go yeah, no, 30 minutes. 30 yeah. minute <laughs> increments, and then, it's you know, we'll have to jump up and, you know, we'll stop the camera and start the camera back because we have a 30 minute. It's 29 minutes and 59 seconds, and then the camera just automatically cuts off. Yeah. I don't, I, know, know, rolling, I don't know if there's dude. a workaround for Hell that. Hell yeah. Or not, no, but. we're just bullshit, man. I just wanted to. Might as well to kind of explain it to people that don't get it. It's like, hey, yeah. like if we could just roll, we might never stop. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, I mean, there's these podcasts that we do. Like, when we have guys like y'all, like you guys, I told y'all this at a break earlier. You all, y'all are fucking great at this. You're you're very interesting. You're you're very you know you have the hunting background. Like we're really like minded guys. You know, we're 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 gelling real real well. And so it's like it's like shit, dude. We got to get sleep at some point. Like we could sit here and probably nah. do this all night. You sleeps for the week. Yeah, you can sleep. You can sleep in the truck. You can sleep in the truck tomorrow. Right. I'll drive. Hey, I just took a fucking it'll buff. four hour nap. Yeah, yeah hey, these guys are talking this? all the Porter and Tanner. They're talking all the shit, and they've been napping and sleeping in the truck. And they're like, "Man, you don't need sleep." I'm like, "We'll flip I the script on you in the morning." How about me, Nubby, and the kids sleep in the truck, and y'all set it out, and we just hey, go? Man. Okay, no, don't even <laughs> don't will. even don't even worry about sleeping in the I truck. Can, just meet me at the pin. I have an idea. Yeah, meet me at the pin. May just tell us where to go. We'll go. We'll set the decoys. I got an idea of how you do sandhills now. I'll like, give you yeah. my keys in the morning. I'll just take off. Yeah, I'll leave you behind. <laughs> we'll, we'll do switch. it. Dude, switch them. I think that'd be funny as shit, honestly. <laughs> if Let I us do it. it. If that we didn't it. have a group tomorrow, the I would gods, totally let the you The gods get guided. Dude, Dude, that would be a guided. good segment. That was, was kind of today because we, we kind of got real slow there for a little bit. And then we are like, you know, like the flight's kind of done. And then we got out, we we're kind of just bullshitting in front of the blind, and then we had a like a three or four pack kind of coming our way, and we're like, oh shit, these guys might do it. These guys so might come in here. We uh we hopped back in the blind and they kind of faded away, and then we're sitting there and another group started working. And uh I was outside the blind, I think. I was doing something, I can't remember. And uh I know at one point, man, you were peeing. Yeah, I can't remember. And uh some birds started coming, and I was like, oh, shit. So I, I just hopped in the blind on my side of the A-frame and kind of just squatted down on my knees. Oh, I think me nasty. and Porter were in front those of the blind, and I had grabbed my gun. No, it was, it was so, uh, you jumped back in the blind, and you guys were standing out there for a second, and then y'all jumped back in, and Tanner and I were the only two that saw these birds working. Yeah, so Everybody like, was ducked down, like trying to just stay still and stay hid, and he was like, what are they doing? And then – he turned around, and what did you tell Tanner? So, I was sitting there, and I had my back facing the front of the blind because I was on my knees, and uh, I knew a group was working. I didn't want to, like, have too much motion in, inside just in case they were up top or whatever. And uh, I looked at Tanner, and I was like, hey, when you feel comfortable, take the shot. Call the shot, yeah. And uh, he kind of looked at me, and I was like. Oh, he was shaking. Like when, you, <laughs> like, when you see it, like, y'all call the shot. Like, I'm not going to turn around. And uh, – so he, he was watching them, and I was, he was like, man, they're kind of hanging out a little bit. And I was like, what about the two that are coming in the decoys? And he was like, huh? And I kind of looked at me. The what? And uh, The what? what? And I, I called him out again, and he was like, oh, 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 crap. Okay, okay. And uh, I was sitting there he, with my back against the front. I was just watching Tanner, and Tanner started going. Dude, it's funny because like, like we talked about it. Like, okay, okay, I'll take it. Let's we're take watching. Around. We're watching these birds. Like we don't know how these birds work, right? You guys, you guys see them and hunt them like every day. So we know how like ducks and geese work, but like for cranes, it's like completely 
out of the ordinary for yeah, us. You better so like, just throw all that shit out the window. Dude, we're like watching <laughs> them. We're watching them, and these two birds are just – the other birds are consistently working. I think given some more time, they might have done it, but you can't bank on it, right? Sure. So you, you got to take what you're giving. Yeah. And at that point Especially in the hunt, this year. Yeah, at that point in the hunt, we had already been burned a couple times, yeah. right? So we're like, you take what you get, and these two were just dumping. I mean, they were fucking holding Landing pumpkins, dude. Out. And so they come, they're coming right, right up the pipe, man. And they just kept getting like the shot call. We were, we were this close to calling the shot call. Me and Tanner were like shoulder to shoulder watching these birds. We were this close to calling the shot and they just keep coming. And they were like, I was like at any second, they're about to just catch the wind and just dip out, you know, but they just kept getting closer and closer and closer. And then finally I just kind of was like, all right, Tanner, let's fucking shoot them. <laughs> and he was like, guys. all right. And he jumped up. Yeah, man, they were. Y'all did too. Y'all 15 yards. Man. And it was, it was boom, boom. Yep. Two dead. Dunskies. Beautiful. No, that was awesome. And that, that was funny. Tanner's had, I tell Tanner's had probably the best weekend uh, out no, of any no, of us. Yeah, four, four, like, Outdoor hunting experience. I mean, deer, sand hill. He's calling shots, and y'all's blind. You know, he's in he's in our house eating our cooking, and he's <laughs> eating our food. He ain't even cleaning up. I don't know what bills you paying to be slamming doors in this house, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you leaving windows open like you live here. Speaking of windows, dude, it's raining his ass off. Out it is raining. It's coming bro. down, man. I thought Lubbock was supposed to be the dose, dust bowl of Texas. Well, it was all the way up until like today. We brought it. <laughs> oh, I guess uh, we a couple brought, weeks ago. Listen, Thursday, this is what we brought you guys. Yeah. We 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 came bearing gifts. We brought you guys uh, the rain, rain, rain. Um, mosquitoes. Had, there were some ducks that we saw this morning. We did see some seen. ducks this morning. I, we'll take credit for that. Yeah. Um, I have some mosquitoes in my truck. I've been meaning to give you. No, you can keep those. Um, they're in there. We're gonna have you can go ahead and keep those. Yeah. This is actually and, perfect uh, weather for them, too. We also bought some, <laughs> brought some flies from the deer camp. Oh, we got so, enough of those. Yeah. Oh, big old bot flies, boy. Yeah, big old the ones flies, that's like, Don't bring them around here, man. We got dogs. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, they come. They, no, they dude, when I left the house, um, I went and sighted in my 308 before we came to the deer camp. I was at my buddy's house, and he's got a lot of land. I mean, like, south of his house is the ocean. And I mean, and he's he's still 30, 40 miles up Sighting the coast. Three hundred eight in for fucking tuna. Shooting white tuna. Yes, yes. <laughs> like for south tuna. of his house, there's nothing. So I'm shooting down that. He's way. not good at reading. So uh, it's because he can't read. I pull up and pop the doors open, and Didn't I leave them anybody. open. I go to the rifle, start shooting, and then when I come back, man, it was it was he's it's marshy out of his place. There's fucking mosquitoes like you wouldn't believe. I jump in the truck, go pick everybody up. We start heading this way. I think there's still probably right now 40 mosquitoes in my truck. How'd that go? <laughs> and then you'll think you're good. You'll think you're good, man. You're sitting there chilling. You get relaxed, and then you just hear. <laughs> that is, there's nothing worse than, I don't know how much marsh hunting you've ever done, but we get out the earlier zero. shit. You get oh, my zero. Zero. <laughs> So you, you throw out your decoys. You do everything, and, like, you don't. Like, you're like, there's a shit ton of mosquitoes, and you can see them in the lights, everything. Just billions of mosquitoes. But, like, you're doing shit, so you're not really worried about it. As long as you don't yawn, you're not going to swallow any. But you get done, you're like, we got an hour. You go get up in that marsh grass, and, like, you cinch everything You try to cover you, every piece of exposed you put, skin that you have. Just so you don't get bit. Or you else your, you're, they're going to just annihilate cinch you. Cinch your hoodie up. But you know how your hoodie always leaves like that, that little, little gap right here. Like I'm right telling here. Yeah, twelve of them get in there and, and throw you, a house party. You like can we tell. To do tonight. You can tell yeah. when the mosquitoes are flying yeah, around, a little muffled. They'll make it right. They'll just go, and they get inside, and you're like, 
they'll stay quiet. They're like incognito and they just wait. <laughs> incognito. They're just chilling and they will get it right in your ear. And just... <laughs> it's like, oh, son of a bitch. So that's a, uh, see, that's what I want to go marsh hunting and all that. But uh, I'm going to flip the script on y'all real quick. What do y'all look for? Like if, when y'all go on these trips, what do y'all, what's, I know the expectations are like all over the place. Yeah. What is like, if you're going to go hunt with, like y'all came and hunted with us. What was y'all's expectations for the trip? So I'd like, I'd really I'll, like to know because okay. that helps us out. Oh, I'll, 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 I'm just gonna start out for this trip because you were the one that was in contact with these guys. I, I had none, right? So no, I just got a follow on Instagram from Matt McCall. I never got a fucking message or nothing. So when That's we, cool. whatever, when, when obviously anytime you're going out, you're trying to go make a hunt. You're you're measuring. Um, your metric is your success, right? You want to go have a successful hunt. You're not going to go intentionally go somewhere where you know you're not going to kill birds. So there, there's number one. Number two is, you know, you, you get a group of guys that you're going to have a good time with. You go and do that. And and that pretty much sums it up for me. I'm, I'm looking to go have – where can I go have the best success? Where can I do, – where do I think I'm going to be able to go and have the best chance at shooting limits? And, and who am I going to bring with me that is just going to – we're just going to have a ball, right? And 99% of the time it's these guys. We hunt – I hunt with the same group of guys – I'm pretty much for my whole life I've been hunting with these guys. So I've never guessed it. For here, for for this trip in particular, it's I, I had no expectation because we Porter told me he was like, We're gonna go hunt with the pinwheel guys, we're gonna hunt with B Shiesty, Mr. Brucey, you know, old nub. And so I was like, All right, you know, and I just oh, we're gonna go try and shoot cranes. Okay. I've never done that before. Let's go. Let's go give it a whirl. You know what my expectation was? Oh, like and like for the situation, I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit if I shoot a crane or not. Like, it's definitely why I'm coming to. Yeah. Like, I want to experience it at least once, and we did. And I'm happy. <laughs> Check. I'm done. That's uh, and that's but I, well, I, I'm done. I was just hoping. I was like, I've been in contact with you. We've been Snapchatting. Talk to you. No, no. Okay. I'm gonna pause you for a minute. Okay. I've. We've been snapping. No, I snap you, but I never get a snap back because poor man, he, man, he too good for old oh, Bruce. Yeah, he's boozy. Yeah, he's yeah. boozy. You know what I am. I'm off you know doing what? shit. And I'm I, doing adult shit. You know what? I'm a grown up. I want to get off the topic before up. I get heated. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Whatever. You know what? I was just, Fuck you know, it. you know what my expectations were? I was just like, I just hope they're not douchebags. And I've walked in, I was like, they're not douchebags. And that's hey, like, I was that's like, a win. we're going to have a good time. That's, that's all I give a fuck about. Eat a W when we got here. I mean, I was just all like, right, Cam. Go. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. eating that <laughs> shit. I was just like, eat a W. And I was just like, man, I'm, as long as they're cool and a little bit I've talked to you, not much, but now that I've met you and I know that I can like yeah, say. Yeah, better get better. Well, I know what I can say and Love do to you. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you really, know what you can say and do to me? Yeah. Boy. I, I think. <laughs> oh, Porter may be sleeping with me. <laughs> Porter's Porter's been a little rough on this trip. I think he needs to loosen up, lighten up a little bit. Yeah, yeah you know me. I'm tighter than a dog shit in a peach. Seat. I bet he got it on GoPro. Though. I bet he oh, did. He I was just GoPro. about to say that. I'm gonna put that as my next hashtag. Got it on GoPro. Got it on GoPro. Hashtag got it on GoPro. I'm That's really, tomorrow, dog. Uh, it is yeah. going to be. And I'm gonna GoPro. Got it on GoPro. And I can't wait to be sitting there next to Peepaw and just keep going. Deep. Got it on GoPro. Deet, 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 deet. Got that on GoPro, <laughs> Papa. He's gonna, you're gonna start on one, and he's gonna lean over. What is that device on your head? Yeah. Boy? What you got on your head? That's some fucking communist shit. Yeah. When I was in Korea. We didn't have that. Korea, Korea. Yeah, man. Yeah, no. I, I just, um, 
it's changed for us um, having the opportunities that we have now through the Bayou Dragons, and and this is one of those opportunities. And so now it's it's a little bit different because you know we don't have all the control there. Whereas like if we're gonna just you know shoot up the country and go hunt public, yeah, the, you know the ball's in our hand. It's on us to have success. And so putting it in somebody else's hands, I was more. Or you got to be a little nervous. Not not really. I mean, I didn't I didn't give it too much thought until we started getting close and then like we're 30 minutes down the road and i'm like who are these guys <laughs> and i'm like who, who are we going to meet right now like <laughs> these random dudes yeah, i honestly <laughs> told them nothing about yeah any they, of this. nothing at all like Perfect. i i i literally I've, I've been following you on instagram since he told me we were coming to hunt with you guys but i don't know that i ever saw a photo that had your face in it so i didn't know what you looked like no i don't well that's like you said this morning dude like does anybody ever take pictures of y'all no, when his girlfriend's yeah. here, like his girlfriend <laughs> would take some pretty sick pictures, but that's about it. So I was like, that was it. And I was like, you know, I just see like, you know, y'all posting the, the clients, the customers man. and stuff like that. I don't, I don't get on Facebook. I told my wife, you're a cute boy. She can hook me up. Yeah, she can. She has friends. They're I'm rolls. single, 24. Any viewers yeah. out there? Um, yeah, Currently kind of hey, not B, really steady job, but available. Hey, B Shiesty. <laughs> he, uh, we're on that guide. We're, we're on that guide budget. Yeah, if you uh, want, if you want, uh, my wife if you want some wine, rich. If you want wine and dined, uh, no, go somewhere else. No, if bro. you want, you know, go out to the field, shoot a couple birds. Yeah, you come. Mean if up. you want, if you want wine and dined, <laughs> pipeline. You get it somewhere else. If you want 60. pipeline, <laughs> you get it right here. At yeah, Wheel, be shiesty. My wife has some rich friends that are single. I can maybe hook you up, brother. I'm looking for a doctor, well, preferably with the first a name doctor. letter starts with an S. Yeah, <laughs> well. Well, Last name rhymes with Bambino. Good luck. <laughs> you know what? Gabagula. Gabagula. We've had a. She said, "What's uh? Guess my last name. It starts with a G. I'm Italian." I said, "Giuseppe." Gabagula. <laughs> Gabagula. Fucking Giuseppe. It's a dude's name. Hey. So first Italian name that came to my head. Oh, good. Good times up here in um, in Lubbock, Texas, man. Um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up, man. Brooks Wrangler, we we. Can't express how appreciative we are for you guys inviting us up, man. Uh, it's been a great time, and we still got another day to go. Fuck, I wish we could just keep this podcast rolling, dude. But um, we'll, we're on. we ain't going we'll, nowhere. <laughs> we'll get we'll get another one. I, I promise you, we'll link back up at some point. But man, we sure. we really appreciate you guys having us out. We we appreciate the hospitality, man. You guys are great, and everything you've heard, like you said, what Gary was telling you. But we're we're right behind him, dude. You guys are great. Um, y'all are professional for some young cats like myself. Uh, y'all are doing a great job, man, and we really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and and supporting us and reaching yeah. out to us through Bayou Let, Dragons and let's go at, so at Pentwheel Outdoors on Instagram and y'all have a is it outdoors or outfitters? I think it might be out. I think it's Pinwheel Outfitters. Pinwheel Outfitters. Pinwheel Outfitters Instagram. Um, and y'all y'all do do a, like your y'all's. Eh, yeah, we, we have a little. We podcast, have a podcast, you know, but. It's not as regularly scheduled like y'all. Yeah, do. but you know, some people might want to just go and hear y'all talk. Oh, some shit if y'all want to hear some like, yeah, I want to hear some good bullshit. Yeah, y'all go listen to it. <laughs> but it <laughs> if you got two and a half hours, I'll I will say the Pinwheel Podcast is my, it. I mean, we talk about hunting stuff. We, you know, we cut up, we bullshit, but it's mainly just your everyday stuff. You yeah, know? just being being with a group of guys just bullshitting talking about how stories. was your day what'd you do yeah. at work yeah you know it's it's how's your mom and them how's your mom and them how's your mom and them but other than that you know i uh i appreciate you guys coming up it, it's it was it's good been a blast today. man yeah uh, it's been so sure. sick dude, for sure 
y'all are definitely, you know, you know, I, like he was saying earlier, you know, you get guys come in, you're like, man, how do you feel these guys out? Like, what do you do? What do you not do? Like, what do you say? What do you not say? Yeah. Y'all showed up, and, you know, me and Brucey were scouting when y'all got to the guide house, and we showed up. Y'all were open arms in the living room drinking beer. You're like, hey, guys, we got beer right there. We got, we got beer outside. Yeah, y'all go no, get it. Yeah, funny. That's one thing <laughs> so, we never roll without. We, you know, we just – be hydrated. We appreciate the – I mean, what y'all have done for us, too, exactly, as yeah. well. And, like, we, we say, you know, it's – this really ain't a client hunt. It's no, a this this is a bad yeah. hunt for sure. Oh yeah, okay, for sure. Uh, hell, even from you know y'all bringing beer to fucking. I looked over yesterday or today. Matt was taking out the trash. I was like, that's a kid's job, man. Yeah, like <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're doing peasant work. I'm gonna do it <laughs> if I do it at the house. I'm gonna damn sure do it here too, man. I gotta carry the weight, man. But yeah, but, dude, um, we appreciate y'all. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? Do y'all want to plug y'all's personal Instagrams? I mean, or anything? You're more than welcome. If anyone uh, wants to follow, I mean, be shysty, Wrangler hair snape, fully loaded gun dogs. Yeah. Um, that's it, at Eric Vidal on Instagram. Look, we'll yeah, get I, I've been, plug. I've been really impressed with the work I've seen out of y'all's dogs, man, or dog, uh, singular right now. Cause we ran Kimber this morning, but, uh, Kimberly, that's something that y'all are going to do is, is fully loaded gun dogs, man. I'm excited to see where, where y'all take that, man. Yeah. No, that's y'all have a big future. Y'all did really good. I've hunted with, multiple outfitters just you know as buddy hunts and this is one of the best i've ever done we for appreciate sure. that man. like yeah, y'all are super i i want someone to treat me like i would treat them like as a buddy and y'all talk shit you gave tanner hell all morning i fucking enjoyed <laughs> the shit out of it <laughs> yeah like I, I love it dude i love it like everybody but then as soon as you miss that crane People yeah, start talking yeah, no, shit. Back on you. Yeah, yeah it's man. back on you, no, dude. You, you can talk a little shit, but I mean, as soon as you fuck up, yeah, nah, it's back on that's you. What, too. That's why I'm not going to shoot tomorrow. I'm just going <laughs> to. No, I don't you want going to shoot tomorrow. I'm going to put blanks in your shit. Just <laughs> straight GoPro. Here, have to try these no, white Rios. Bro, you don't have to put blanks. I'm going to miss anyway. You'll just, <laughs> y'all just never really caught me in the action. I'm just going to dirty up your barrel just to do it. It's already is. You don't have to do much. <laughs> Literally, put me in the blind, and you've already have one up on me. Hey, one thing, though, before, just real quick, I was really impressed about um, it's hard to keep it tight when you're running hunts every single day the way that you guys are doing. And when that door fell down on that trailer and I saw how clean that was, I was really impressed. So, Oh, bro. You guys oh, are, yeah. That's, yeah, keep it that's up, one man. thing, like, I'm big on and Eric and Brucey have both noticed. Like, even just the house. Like, I'm a clean freak. And to me, when you can pull that down that back latch on that trailer and – if the clients are there or if they're not there and you see it and they're like, man, that is organized that's neat. or that yep. is clean to me, that that's just a relief off my back. I don't, I don't want to pull down my back catch on my trailer. And if the clients shit, are there shit, scattered yeah. everywhere, and they're yeah. just like, Oh shit. Like, how do you know what, what are we going to grab? What yeah. do we you need know, to like, grab? That's, that's my biggest thing is I'm a clean freak. I, I want everything to be as professional as I can make it. Yeah. And when I have clients, you know, we have people come from DFW. We have people come from Minnesota. Got people come from Alabama this year. You know, like we have people coming from all around the world, Alabama. and they show up. Greenbow, to me, even if we have a shitty hunt, or like you know, the birds don't do what the birds should have done, you know, because you can't control Mother Nature. But if they can see we're professional. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. We're, all that good jazz. We're our trailers clean. You know, when we prepare our birds and we clean our birds and give them to our clients, you know, that's 
we've gotten so many feedback. They're like, man, the yep. way y'all clean those birds and prepared them for us, like we really appreciate. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. Take that. Our, and I told Porter that so that's something we take pride in. Is when we're cleaning birds, we when they go home with you, they that better be like they just came from the process. I'm pretty yeah. sure it. Like it probably made you cringe that I mean because you did the breast like beautifully and we grabbed the legs and hearts and I just started throwing them <laughs> and just vacuum seal the shit. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll clean it when I get yeah, home. I remember one we were sitting there in the kitchen and uh, you were making a bag and I was washing my hands or something. You were like, "Hey, don't worry about cleaning these. Like we'll we'll do it when we get to the house because we got a lot of deer to clean and everything." Uh, that ain't an option. I was like, "Man, <laughs> dude." Let's clean them in the fr- in the in the sink, and you were like, "No, nah, don't worry about it." You just <laughs> yeah, just sealed it right up, bro. Because we're gonna go and sp- split it up. We're gonna vacuum seal it. We got some, you know, some badass vacuum sealers at the house. So I'm gonna holler at Casey. He should. He's usually always on board for me going over there. Yeah. Just give him some money for some bags, because we got six deer. We got to debone and process. Probably do that Thursday. And another so. thing, we're coming off of a trip that we made where we. I went into the trip. The way I like to clean my birds, waterfowl in particular, is that I like to leave the skin on. Um, I like to pull a breastplate. Like, I like to leave as much as I can on there. I think you're cheating yourself out of flavor if you don't leave skin on. That's just my sure. personal the fact outlook you on flavor. Well, Especially on duck breast. you you got to clean 300 birds. That's a lot of fucking birds. And uh, those geese, I mean, and they're tough. They're, you're not... You're not ripping feathers off like you are birds down in the marsh where we're at. It's a whole different ball game. And so, like, right. you get you get 15 or 20 birds under your belt, and you're like, dude, I'm going to be here forever trying to do this. So, there's a little bit more or less, like, you know, we're, we're filleting everything at that point. And so, it's like, we got 300 birds to handle. It's like, let's just get them home as fast as we can. When we get to the house where we can kind of breathe a little bit, then we'll handle uh, it. So. And that's completely understandable, you know. But back to where, you know, we're used to that hospitality. Yeah. And giving everything like we can to make sure y'all remember the hunt or whatever it is. Like the least we can do is make sure what birds you're taking home, right. they are, are clean. clean. It's like I There's was saying no though, too. Like, right like we, like I said, we we get it to the house and that you know we get home and then we deal with. But like this is home for you guys for a while, for sure. So yeah. you know, it's much appreciated, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. we appreciate y'all. Awesome. Been very hospitable. I can't read. Um, there he goes again. I was going to say hospital, but I was like, Hos- no, nah, that ain't Hos- right. Yeah, I'm, I probably should be in one. A mental I mean, I Nobody in this group right now is hooked on phonics. <laughs> no, I don't know. But we've all been to the book fair, baby. Yeah, Porter we've had been to the zero. book fair, but we Porter that green Lamborghini. Porter had zero AR points. Actually, that's... I had a bunch, but I cheated, and I actually bro. got, like, lunch attention. <laughs> I was a nerd on reading, bro. I was not. Oh, dude. Oh, man. I, I would have been the guy peeking over your shoulder, getting the answers off the computer. Uh, well, that's me. But, but you'd have to learn how to read to be able to do that. But, guys, I... That's because I can't read. I do appreciate it. Y'all yeah. coming up, and, hell, we've had a blast so far. And Y'all are going to come down and do some shit with us. Dude, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I, I hope I hope you guys reach out to us to come and shoot a gator. Uh, come, come down, down come, I'm coming to catch a game. Come down, do some teal hunting. We'll jump oh. in a blind in the rice field. You guys get to experience that. That is special. Yeah. That is something be that, sweet. Yeah. that right. we have going on down there. Um, waterfowl seasons are kind of hit or miss in big duck season, but we can guarantee you the teal. That's a yeah. never-ending You're hunting rice. Thing. Uh, That's yeah. the, they, yeah. It's, it's unreal. So They hate rice. Yeah. Like I'm saying hate it. They are, they're going to go fuck it up. If you have a rice field, it's like, okay, teal are here. But I can't stand season. it. They see a rice field and they're like, mm, "It's like I'm tearing it up. I gotta eat all that." It's like <laughs> the northern mallards. You get a cornfield, they're like, mm, "I gotta take all that away." Yeah, I want 
All of it. You don't need that. It doesn't make it. You don't need that. Man, we've had a freaking great time with y'all. Y'all have been yeah. awesome. Like you said, brought us gifts, beer, snacks. Yeah, come on, That's man. All we need. We we try to we try to carry the um carry the torch of the southern hospitality that we got going on. At least people say that, so you know, we'll abide by it. But man, much appreciated. And um let's go get after them in the morning, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank That's you guys. Plan. I appreciate it.